What is up, wrestling fans? Welcome to another pay-per-view point edition of the Smart Out Moment Smack Talk Podcast. I am your host, as always, Tony Mango, and joining me, as always, are Callum Wiggins. Hello. And Robert DeFelice. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. We are talking about the second of our predictions for this week. We just got done talking about the TakeOver New York prediction, so go check that episode out if you haven't done that already. And now we're going to roll along to... What is three times as much, actually more than three times as much of a card, which is WrestleMania 35, the 2019 biggest show of the year is supposed to be happening this Sunday, and we're going to get a kickoff at 5 p.m., and it's going to end at uh, March 9th uh, next year, and <laughs> it's uh, right now, officially, on Wednesday afternoon, there are 16 matches that are potentially going to be on the card. One of them is not official, but it it's going to be. Uh, and we're going to break down all of our thoughts on these as much as we can, but we will warn you guys ahead of time. We've talked about these a lot recently, so some of them we're going to kind of breeze through and, you know, we're going to see if maybe we can just kind of, kind of get past some of the ones that are a little bit lesser because not everything on this card is the most amazing thing in the world. Although I will say a lot of this card looks pretty awesome. And that's the first question that I want to pose to you guys is we're just a few days away from WrestleMania. How are you feeling about it? You think this is going to be great, good, okay, poor, or horrible? It's going to at least be good with the potential of being great, unless they say, fuck your favorites, then it's horrible. And that's all three are very strong possibilities. It, it's going to be a test of endurance, that's for sure. But I think there's an incredible amount of potential on this card. I mean, it's probably the advantage of having so many matches that at least some of them are bound to be really good. So, and yeah, I think there's some really great matches on this book for this event. I had just recently got done watching, rewatching WrestleMania 10 and WrestleMania 11. This is after we had done our 2001 wrestling odyssey on WrestleMania X seven. So go back and check that out. Everybody quick plug, but between watching 17, 10 and 11, I have a wide range of WrestleMania in my mind right now. And half of this card seems like it's huge and it's like full-blown WrestleMania time. And half the card is like, really, that's it? Like, that's your best option while you've got these other people that are sitting on the sidelines not doing anything better? And one of the things I want to start off with on this is the match that has not official, uh, ha- not made, uh, made official yet, but... It is for the Raw Tag Team Championship, and it's most likely going to happen because it's been hinted at after Monday Night Raw. The Revival are likely going to face Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder. We've already had three matches announced for the pre-show, and one of them is not this one. So, I'm assuming that this is a very quick bathroom break match that they insert onto the main card. And it exists purely for the reason of... And I'm not knocking it right now. Uh, Ryder and Hawkins win the Raw Tag Team titles from the Revival. It's a big, like, quote-unquote hometown hero kind of moment. And they're going for more of, like, wouldn't it be interesting if Hawkins ended his losing streak in this New York region than they're going with anything else? I kind of think that that's their mentality behind this. And at the same time, as much as I'm fully into that, I look at the revival and I go, God damn, they don't deserve something like that. You know? 
What are you guys thinking? Um, I would go with I'm totally fine with this match in theory. It's just the sense of I it's difficult to build for it because the whole build would be along the lines of Hawkins can't win any matches in the build up to it because he has to win his match at WrestleMania. So how do they earn a tag team title shot if they can't win any matches because Hawkins can't win any matches? And so it would be an interesting, but you could have maybe just done a bit more build if you were planning this out more in advance because this stuff definitely feels like something that they thought about doing and then decided not to do, but now have decided to go back to it again. Uh, they could have at least done some sort of build based around the fact that Revival keep calling them losers and at one point on a middle of Raw or whatever, Kurt Hawkins or Zack Ryder just snaps and just starts assaulting them or just attacking them just to show they're really invested about wanting to get this match and the Revival pity them or humour them and says, or get infuriated by that and say, okay, you'll get your match at WrestleMania and like being so cocky about it because they know they're going to win because these guys are losers. And then at least you have a build to it. It may not have been like the perfect build, but at least it's something. Whereas this one has come out of nowhere just because they felt this was the option they want to go with. Like, like I say, absolutely fine with the idea in theory. But I think in execution, it's failed. The the build towards it has failed. I think that after last year's debacle with Nicholas, any match featuring wrestlers for the Raw Tag Team Championship is perfectly fine. I had made the joke with Tony that if Braun wins the Battle Royal, it'll be Braun in the statue just demolishing the revival. So anything that isn't that is fine. And I'm from New York. I love Hawkins and Ryder. I want to see them win. See, that's the thing is, so, yeah. I like the idea that Hawkins and Ryder can win this. And I like that they'll have this big moment that, you know, this is going to be, if it happens, which it, the match hasn't even been made official yet again. So we might just kind of be spinning our wheels here. Uh, as bad as it is for the Revival to lose to the guy who's lost 269 matches in a row and, you know, kind of have like a shitty match at WrestleMania when they're already working with such zero momentum of being like wanting to leave the company and being given the championship and not having, I think more than two actual entrances on Monday night raw over the past like three months. It's still something that it's a WrestleMania moment. It's, Hawkins loses his losing streak and he and his best friend win the tag team titles for the first time in almost 11 years because that's 2008 was when they were the champion. Uh, It's still going to be good in that capacity. And that's where this WrestleMania to me is so strange because there's that part of me that goes, fuck the revival is such a good tag team and they, deserve so much better of really giving the tag team championship some proper feud. And they could have had like in a different scenario where Akam and Razor weren't out of the mix and Akam wasn't injured. It would have been awesome to see like the revival against the authors of pain in a real tag team championship feud, go out there for 15, 20 minutes and put on a hell of a match. And I'm disappointed like that, but I'll, I'll take the trade off of, Hawkins and Ryder win the titles, and this is something that on their, you know, when they're 80 years old, that they're like, that was great that I could do that with my friend, you know? The sentimentality gets to me a little bit more, and I'm actually thinking that this is a thumbs-up moment. 
more than a thumbs down one. I agree. Yeah, I think if this match does take place, it's clear that Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder should win. They have to. If it happens and they lose, it's going to be, well, what the fuck was the point? You yeah. know? Uh, but that hasn't been officially added to the card. And if it does, it might be on the pre-show, and it might not be. It might be on the main card. I think more than likely it'll be on the main card as some kind of a buffer segment, but we'll see. We do know three matches are going to be on the kickoff, and one of them, and I'm assuming that this is probably going to be the thing that starts off the night, is going to be for the Cruiserweight Championship, and that's going to be Buddy Murphy defending the title against Tony Nese. The storyline behind this, for the people that don't watch 205 Live, which is pretty much fucking everybody, is Buddy Murphy and Tony Nese have been partnered for basically a year. They have been, you know, best friends and training partners and whatever the hell you want to call it. And... Tony Nese won this tournament to be able to get the title shot immediately afterward. Buddy Murphy was like, all right, well then now that you're in my radar, fuck you, I'm going to attack you. And they've essentially just been fighting each other backstage ever since. And I do not care whatsoever, which is a total shame because I'm usually the guy that's telling everybody to watch two five live. And this does not matter. It's very underwhelming. Uh, Tony Nese is not a baby face. And yet, He's going to be the babyface in here just because he's from New York. And I honestly don't think that he should win the championship. I think that Buddy Murphy should retain. Wash, rinse, and repeat, like I just said about Ryder and Hawkins. Tony Nese is a New York guy. Tony Nese is going to get this moment. It's an injustice to Buddy Murphy, who is one of the best that they are not utilizing properly. Yeah, this is. I've I've tried to make a concerted effort to watch Two Hundred Five Live recently to try and at least get some sense of the build towards it. Tony Nese is just so nondescript and really like bland as a character. Uh, like just having a body like he has and having abs on top of your abs doesn't make you worth paying attention to. Two Hundred Five um, Luger. <laughs> I, that, that, would, that would work for me. But just a case of. Yeah, I think I if it was me doing it, I would say Buddy Murphy's, and I'm going to predict Buddy Murphy just because it just feels so underwhelming for him to lose this one. But obviously, it doesn't really matter. It's two or five live, so it could they could give it to Tony Nice for a short run with the title. But it's just yeah, there were so many better options available. I got a feeling no matter what happens here, it's going to end up amounting to nothing. Like, if they give this to Tony Nese, then it's going to be a scenario where they're going to realize that he can't sustain himself as a babyface, and they're going to just either put the title on somebody else in two months after a weak championship reign, or they're going to just turn him heel, and they're going to have a lesser Buddy Murphy as champion, essentially. And now, the, big issue, oh, sorry, the, the big issue above all of it else is these two could have a good match. Yeah. But even if it is a good match... I'm still probably going to think it sucks because the crowd is not going to care at all. Yeah. And I, I play a lot off the crowd and stuff like that. It's, it's something that I'm trying to fight against a little bit to just try and examine the actual quality of the match itself. But I don't care about this match because I don't care about Tony Nice at all. And it's just, they must have been, like, if it was Brian Kendrick, if it was Akira Tozawa, if it was even Cedric Alexandro, which I know they've done over and over again, but, or, like, you look at, across the 205 live roster, really the people at the bottom of that list for me, well, the one person at the bottom of that list is either Aria Davari and then just below him is Tony Nese. The only person that I think would have been even less impactful, which actually, you know, let me backtrack that one a little bit because 
in theory, the idea that they had this whole friends fight each other and the two like more muscular guys on 205 Live fight each other kind of thing, it's not the worst idea. It just happens to be that, sorry to crap on the guy, but Tony Nese is not a dynamic enough character to be able to carry this feud. And Buddy Murphy requires somebody who is something to play off of for him to be able to do that too. You know, when he's up against Mustafa Ali, it's the juggernaut against the heart and soul of uh, 205 Live. Same thing with Cedric Alexander. When he's up against Akira Tozawa, it's like Akira Tozawa is this like, uh, you know, buzzsaw and he's kind of trying to cut through and Buddy Murphy's the the rock that you can't cut through and whatever. With Tony Nese, it's just sort of like, hey, we were kind of buds, but we were sort of in the back of this whole thing and now we're fighting, but... Nobody really wants to get behind Tony Nese, so now you've got two heels against each other, and it just doesn't work. And you put them on the kickoff, there's a chance that there might not be a whole lot of people in the arena at the time, just because they're still funneling in, and there's not many people that actually follow 205 Live, and the people that are following 205 Live might not be into this feud. So now you're working with like a fourth as much of the arena as what you would probably do, and it's just not going to translate well. And I, I don't have a whole lot of faith in this one, even though they do have the potential to have a good match, which they also might not because their styles might clash. And I'm actually going from last year, Alexander Ali was one of the matches I was looking forward to the most. And this might be my least favorite match on the card for this year. And I think that's fair, but I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and suggest that some of the New York diehards will be in that arena first and they will be all for their guy, Tony Nese. And maybe we get at least a good crowd reaction, but is it too much for me to hope with everybody singing the praises of buddy Murphy, that this dude moves up to raw and can just like be with Alexa and like is a main heel on raw and like the IC title division. That too much for me to ask. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> Well, shame on me then. We'll see if uh, SmackDown gets a third hour. Then he'll end up moving and he'll end up being on SmackDown or something. I think that there's a missed opportunity here, though, that they could have turned Drew Gulak babyface and he could have been the challenger. And I think that that would have been off so much better. I don't care if he was heel or babyface. He would have been so much better fit for this match. Only Lorcan has just come in and he would be a better fit for this match. And yet Kendrick was the man to win. I don't know whether they had him lose. Yeah, Kendrick would have been a good option too. And I hope that we're all wrong, but um, I'm going to go with uh, just because I have so many other title changes happening as pretty much guarantees, I'm going to say that Buddy Murphy retains. I'm going with Tony Nese. I'm going Buddy Murphy. Kind of hoping that there's at least one port of the night where it's just kind of like, uh, hey, fuck you, crowd. I'm the heel and I beat your hometown guy. And this is the time to do it, I think. Let's move over to the second annual WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal because they decided that they just don't want to give it some other kind of a name and fuck it. Uh, <laughs> we currently have, that are guaranteed on this, Asuka, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lana, Liv Morgan, Mandy Rose, Mickey James, Naomi, Nikki Cross, Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan, Sonya Deville, and Zelina Vega, which means that some people are missing from the card. And those people are Alexa Bliss, who is the host of WrestleMania, and that's the only thing that they're using her in. Alicia Fox who has been on the sidelines after coming into a live event drunk. 
although she has been announced for access. So she's not fired yet. Ember Moon, who is still injured, and it's doubtful that she'll make her return, but she possibly could. Lacey Evans, who they just, for some reason, do not want to make her an official uh, competitor for this, but she probably will compete. And then we can bring in people from NXT UK and from NXT and, you know, from outside of, like, uh, there's a rumor that Eve Torres is hanging around New York right now, so she might end up showing up. Any kind of possibilities for surprise entrance? That's the first question I have for you guys. Who is not in this match do you think will be? Well, Eve Torres for one, Tori Wilson for another. Uh, is Kelly in the area? Why not Kelly? Sure. Uh, I think besides those ones, the main surprises have been called surprises would be people filling in from NXT UK and NXT. So you'll probably get both anybody that lost out of the women's Tile match from NXT will probably be in this match. You could probably get both Jasmine Duke and Breaking Marina news. I'm hmm? sorry to do this, but WB has just announced a third pre-show match. Let's see if it's the one we were just talking about for the Raw Tag Titles. And... Would it be a fourth pre-show match now? Oh, so... <laughs> wow, you really built it up for the moment and then you just like fell flat. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand this. There, the big announcement is that, hey, guess what? If you didn't already know this, the cruiserweights are on the fucking pre-show. Well, they now, have to reinforce it. God. Go well, on, that changes on. everything. So I mean, yeah, right now, yeah. uh, <laughs> now clearly, Luna Vachon is going to... Anyway, I'm before so I was really interrupted, uh, <laughs> talk about... I don't, I've lost my place. Okay, well, talk about uh, people that are involved. Uh, I think you'll see uh, Rena Shafir, Jasmine Duke, uh, Rhea Ripley will probably this, be in this. Tony Storm should be in this. Rhea Ripley is apparently dealing with some kind of an injury. Oh, that's a shame. Well, Tony Storm should be in there at the very least. Yeah, Tony Storm is a good option. They could bring in... I don't, I don't think that they're going to bring in somebody who's a little bit lesser known, like Nina Samuels or you know, Millie McKenzie or whatever. Katie um, Ray and Piper Niven, though, would make a lot of sense. Piper Niven's a possibility for sure. Uh, I think more so if they do that, it could be Jazzy, just to kind of give oh, her yeah. a little bit more momentum. But they might be holding back on her a little bit, so they might you know make her we a know, big surprise a couple months. We know from they're now in the area anyway because of the World Collide stuff. Right, and uh, Piper Niven is wrestling at Worlds Collide, so she might just kind of get her little bit of a boost in that kind of regard. I mean, you'd imagine Candice LeRae will get into this, Kavita DeVee will get into this match, just yeah, because, that's just because she does monster numbers among, like, Indian YouTube viewers. I don't like think that. she will, actually. I absolutely think she will. I think if we're looking at the NXT crowd, and, uh, not the crowd, yeah, they're going to bring Izzy into this. <laughs> yes! yes. <laughs> that's how they incorporate her into the card, you know, why not? Uh, for the crew, for NXT side of things, if she wasn't injured, Dakota Kai would have been a guarantee, I would have thought. But she's still during with her uh, torn ACL. I think Mia Yim has a really strong chance of being in it. Not winning, but being in it. Xia uh, Lee, potentially. Um, Aaliyah, Vanessa Bourne. Tanara Kanchi. Yeah. Good chance for her. It. So they could play around with this. And Oh, Casey Catanzaro has got to be in this match. Yeah. Casey's got an extremely strong chance of being in this. Uh, they put what her in the Royal mean? Rumble, and that's, you know. One of the only NXT names that I would argue could win it, just because of her notoriety outside of WWE. She's on that list, but she's not on the cusp of the top 
for me. The top five that I've got written down, in no particular order necessarily, are Bianca Belair, and that's if she doesn't win the NXT Women's Tag, uh, women's tag Team titles, the NXT Women's title at TakeOver, Shayna Baszler, if she does lose that title, this could be a good way for her to come into the mix and give her a lot of momentum. But the three that I really think stand out are Asuka, for obvious reasons of, sorry, we took away your championship and your championship match. Let's just have you win. Mandy Rose, who I think will last eliminate Sonya Deville, or the standard pick of Lacey Evans. And this is their their game plan is she comes out right before the match starts. She does her whole thing and she actually joins the match and she wins and she last eliminates Asuka. They all seem like very competent choices. Yes, I agree with every word you just said. Uh, I think, personally, I've got it down to three as well, but I don't have Manny Rose in my three. Uh, Asuka just because you want to give her something after screwing her out of a title match at WrestleMania. Uh, You obviously Lacey Evans, because there must be some reason why they're bringing her out every single week. But I could could see it go either way. It could either be she wins the match, or she just enters the match and is first eliminated. But just chucked out by everybody. So they can go either way with that thing. And the other one is their, their case of, for want of a better expression... Or more, or more tactful expression, they sometimes like to give a dog a bone. Oh, so they're gonna, so they give Dana Brooke the victory. Damn it! <laughs> I could, I literally can see them give Dana Brooke the victory. You know, it's not the. I'll put it this way: uh, if we're ranking, I'm not gonna rank everybody, but if we're ranking people, Lana stands no chance at winning this. Naomi's not gonna win it, and I wouldn't think that there's a strong chance that Nikki Cross or Zelina Vega would, and there's no chance whatsoever that Liv Morgan or Sarah Logan wins if it would be the Ride Squad in any capacity to be Ruby. Dana Brooks got a better chance than even Carmella. But she has, again, she's in the situation where she's often almost the person that's first eliminated. Yeah. Or she could, I, I, I just, I get the feeling that she'll either be there towards the end and be like the hope spot. But people will somehow think, oh, is Taylor Brooke going to win this? And then maybe she'll just get eliminated. Uh, the smart money is on Lacey Evans. In my mind. Uh, only other option I want to bring up is just a happy world where Zelina and Andrade win their respective battle royals. But we do not live in a happy world. Therefore, Lacey Evans will win this battle royal. You know, I will say one thing that this is kind of kind of neglect, uh, neglect, neglect um, negate something I said earlier, and I just noticed it right now. But in the graphic, Sonya Deville is in the direct center, and this is kind of pandering, but maybe there's yeah. a, a game plan in mind that they have Mandy Rose and Sonya as the final two. And instead of Mandy being the one that eliminates Sonya and that they carry on that feud between the two of them, and it's like, you know, let's give it to the sexy blonde who we clearly wanted to push towards something like that. Maybe they give it to Sonya. And it may or may not be just to do something that's a little bit different, but it also may or may not be because of the 
LGBTQ plus community and being like, look, we had not only the women main event at WrestleMania for the first time, but we had our, uh, you know, out lesbian uh, superstar was also the winner of a battle royal. And you know what I mean? Like they do tend to do that kind of stuff. And I wouldn't put it past Sonya Deville to win this. And it would be kind of cool to see her win it too, because she never gets any kind of credit. Yeah, she's very good. Yeah, I'd, I would. I mean, I would. It'd be bad if that was the reason for it. I mean, yeah, there's reasons for everything for that sort of stuff. It'd be a PR move, but I don't think that she doesn't deserve this sort of moment. She's been, as someone who I thought when she came up to the main roster was coming up far too soon, she's improved leaps and bounds in the last year and a half or so. She's very. She. I mean, I would have much preferred it if like she was the one facing Oscar for the women's championship. I think they probably could have had a good match, but. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them to give her this moment. And you know what? They're missing money too if they don't see the potential for this of having Mandy and Sonya feud and Sonya wins something like this and she turns babyface and Sonya can be not only a babyface just because it would be something a little bit different and I think that she might be a little bit better suited to it. But eventually when Shayna Baszler comes up to the main roster, you've got two people that have some MMA experience and she could be the baby face that puts over Shayna Baszler, you know? Or fucking beats Shayna Baszler. I don't know. I mean, there's a possibility. I like Sonya. I think that she deserves a little bit more credit. But I do think that she's still not quite in my top five. I still think that WWE, knowing them, Mandy Rose stands a better chance. And at the end of the day, my pick is going to be Lacey Evans for right now. Yeah, I'll stick, with Ever- I'll stick with Lacey for now. Although I, as well. I, I still posit my Dana Brooke one just so I can get credit if it does happen. Yeah, there's there's possibilities. So if you're going your uh, predictions, everybody keep those six or so names that we have in mind because if it's not those six, then we're going to be fucking confused. If out of nowhere it's like Sarah Logan wins, we're all going to be like, what the fuck, really? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, she does have Viking blood. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> So to pivot a little bit from one battle royal to another, we have the Andre the Giant Memorial uh, Memorial Battle Royal, sixth annual. We have five previous examples. That means that this does not matter whatsoever. And they could just give it to fucking whoever. They could really literally just go like, I don't know, Connor or Lindsay Dorado. And that's the end of it. And it doesn't matter. But this is being built around Braun Strowman with Saturday Night Live's Colin Jost and Michael Che more than anything else. We do have a lot of other people. I'm not going to run down the list because it's far too long to read. You could follow that on smartcatmoment.com. A couple of people, though, I want to bring out, though, that aren't involved in this. They had R-Truth show up on SmackDown, and he was a part of what was supposed to be, like, people that all compete in the Battle Royal. He's not yet confirmed on WWE.com as being part of this match, as far as I'm aware. No, but... Tony, because he's not wrestling. He's hosting. That's true. Uh, I would assume that we would see him in here. We do also do not have the Colognes, uh, Dolph Ziggler, Harper, who is going to be wrestling at Worlds Collide, and he's essentially said that that's like his role at WrestleMania, so I wouldn't expect Harper to be in here. Kevin Owens has not yet been announced for WrestleMania, and if he doesn't compete in this or do something else, that's going to be very strange. Oddly enough, Mojo Rawley has not been announced for the Battle Royal. And that's he's really he's out of the mirror. Yeah, he's, he's too stuck looking in the mirror. It's just like, I wonder why they haven't put him in there yet. Yeah, it's weird, that one. 
I can see why they didn't put Razor, because why put him in there if, you know, Akum's not in there, whatever, it doesn't matter. Sinkar has been injured, so fine, keep him out. I think that the Singh brothers are going to be involved, but they don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. And there's no sanity. It's just insanity. Yeah. Uh, uh, do you expect sanity with WWE? Yeah, I expect them to at least be in the Battle Royal, because fuck, <laughs> these guys were a big deal in NXT. Put them in the match that is supposed to exist for everybody that isn't on the card yet, you know? They'll be in the Shane McMahon match, don't worry. They might be, I don't know. And there's also the chance, of course, for people like Bray Wyatt and Sami Zayn to make their returns. And, you know, there's people from NXT and NXT UK and 205 Live who could be competing in this. So, again, same question. What outsiders do you think are going to be in this match? Kane and Bray Wyatt, they're in the area. Kane has been in every Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal since 31. So I think Kane's definitely in this match. And Bray Wyatt, if he's in it, should win it. But I think uh, that's it for the surprises for me. Uh, I could see, in terms of like NXT people, I could see J- the Djakovic getting into this. I could see uh, one of the Undisputed Era maybe featuring in this one at some point, probably Roderick Strong, just to give them a presence in this. Uh, Tyler Bate and Trent Seven, I could see getting into it. But... I uh, I don't think there'll be too many because it's already quite full as it is. Like it's nearly thirty people at this point already, isn't it? Do you put Walter in the match? No. Nah. Let him chop the fuck out of everybody. I, I I wouldn't like to like devalue him for being this. Uh, is Big Show still injured? I think so. He might not be though. It's just one of those things that's kind of fallen by the wayside. What do you mean injured? Uh, he was hurt after the that, uh that the whole split up. with the bar. Yeah, that yeah. came about ah. from. From an injury. Yeah. I, I completely forgot about that, actually. Um, and also, if, if Great Carly is anywhere in the vicinity, then he's going to be in this match. <laughs> and he will eliminate Mahal. <laughs> if there's um, anybody from NXT UK, the name that stands out to me the most, for some fucking reason, I don't know why, is uh, Eddie Dennis. I, it's just, just some weird hunch that I got, but I mean, uh, they could throw in a Flash Morgan Webster, they could throw in a Legaro, they could do literally whatever because the match doesn't matter. And I mean, who knows? They could do they could do a Men's Royal Rumble where they could throw Nia Jax into this as well. Yeah, that's true. They've done that before. It should be the ninth wonder. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, if there's anybody from 205 Live, which I don't think that there will be in this match because I think that that kind of defeats the purpose of it, uh, I think that it would be maybe somebody like a Drew Gulak just because they like him, which, you know, that'd mm. be kind of cool. And if there's anybody from NXT, which there should be at least one person from NXT, there is every single year, I don't think it's going to be Dijak. I think that they would only put him in there if he would necessarily win. And if they're going to put somebody else in there, I'm leaning a little bit more towards maybe like um, like Jackson Riker. Yes. Or, you know what, they might just kind of be like very, very strange about this and put in like Cesar Bononi. What about Lars Sullivan? Oh, that's moving on to the next thing here because I, I have a couple people like the other one that I think are possibilities to win this, but I'm mostly tying it down to two options. One of them being Braun Strowman because that's the whole fucking point, and the other one being Lars Sullivan because I think that there is a very, very strong chance Braun Strowman dominates everybody in this 
and the Michael Shea stuff and Colin Jost or whatever, you know, that gets all out of the way. And Lars Sullivan last eliminates Braun Strowman and they start a feud. I mean, nothing's better to getting over about a stage fright than coming out in front of 80,000 people. (laughs) (laughs) Coming out in front of 80,000 people and saying, you have to win this match (laughs) and start a feud with the biggest guy on the fucking roster. (laughs) And the dudes from Saturday Night Live are watching. And by the way, this is on the USA Network. Have fun. And we're going to air this on Saturday Night Live. And, you know, NBC is going to be a big deal about this. And you're going to be featured and whatever. And... So Lars, uh, go out there, you know. I mean, I, I was just thinking, like, just to go back to the previous one before we move on. Obviously, like, if they were going to put like a big NXT go into it, they might just put Bubba Tunde in there because they Ooh. did it for the um, like the Greatest Royal Rumble, and he is starting to get featured more on live events now because he's got that uh, new manager, uh, Stokely Hathaway, whatever it was. Oh, isn't he with uh, Robert Strauss? Or is it no? No, who's he uh, managing? Riddick uh, Moss is. Robert Strauss. Wow, Rick Moss. That's okay. I didn't see that one. <laughs> but um, in, terms, in terms of the actual match itself, I'm personally like, listen, Braun Strowman makes all the sense in the world, but that's the reason why I'm not going for it. Because I think that the idea, and I heard this from other people as well, so it's not entirely just my thing, but it makes a lot of sense to me, is that he gets eliminated due to either distraction or like some sort of chicanery by Michael Shea and Colin Jost, and then. He ends up like chasing them around the building for the entire night as like a running gag. And then that opens the door for someone else to win. And if I'm looking at the other options, the ones that stand out most to me as potential, if if you're going to take Braun Strowman out of the equation and also suggest that Lars Sullivan isn't going to make an appearance, because I agree that those two are kind of would be standouts if they are appearing. Uh, In terms of the actual people announced for it or people that could be announced that are on the main roster. You're probably looking at Andrade, mm-hmm. Ali, uh, one of the Hardy brothers, uh, maybe Jinder, because they do seem to be fixated with giving him wins at WrestleMania when he doesn't need them. Uh, and also, I'd be, I wouldn't be entirely shocked if they gave it to Otis. Yeah, he is. You. He is another pro- uh, possibility. <sighs> it's weird to say. Otis has a stronger chance in this than EC3. Yes. But that's the truth. He really legitimately does. Yeah, I could, it, I could definitely see that being towards the end of it. Well, him at least being in there for quite a while. There's a chance that Apollo Crews gets it just because they like him, but I think that the, the Monday Night Raw stuff was their kind of tip of the hat, and that was it. Yeah. There is, of course, always a chance that they do start something with EC3, but I don't think so. I think that they've proven by now that they just don't care for some fucking reason. What if Lacey Evans has been built up for this match and not the women's? It could happen. You never know. But, uh, Otis does stand out, though, as if Vince likes him, which supposedly that's the case, then they could be like, you know, fuck it, let's just have Otis win. I don't think that's going to be the case, though. I do see Andrade as a major contender. And I think that a lot of people are going to be pissed that he won't win. Um, if they go with a standard like Final Four type of thing, I would say Strowman, Ali, Andrade, and if he's involved in the match, Kevin Owens. If they don't put him in the match and they or they don't do some kind of like standard Final Four sort of thing, then I mean something has to happen with Justin Che. Yeah, well that's why I think that they have to eliminate. 
Strowman or at least be involved in the elimination of Strowman. Like if I think that if there's if a final four does contain Braun Strowman, then two of the other people are Colin Jost and uh, Michael Shea. Yeah, and what and the other guy is the one that wins the match. It might if that's how I would be like kind of going along the lines of it. Like Strowman eliminates both of them, but then they both kind of either, either distract him or grab hold of him or whatever, and then the other guy sneaks up from behind and eliminates Strowman. And it probably have to be a pretty big guy to get Strowman over on his own, but. You could you could probably do that with like an Apollo Cruz or a Titus O'Neil or a Shelton Benjamin or something like that. They're probably big enough to do that sort of thing. Andrade could even do that sort of thing. Ali would probably be a bit of a struggle. But well, since this match doesn't really mean anything, they've proven five times in a row that you know whoever they win and they go like, "Wow, it's a big deal. He won." And in two weeks, we're gonna fucking forget about it. Don't be surprised if they just give it to fucking Colin Jost or something, and it'll suck. It'll be a, a down point of the night. But it won't be the biggest shock in the world either. No, uh, no way Jose could win this, and no their way. mentality could just be like, "Well, you know, isn't that a shock? WrestleMania moment, you know? Yeah. They've done this kind of shit before. They'll they'll do it again." What if they? I mean, this is a real far out. Well, maybe not far out because he's done it before. But what if Rob Gronkowski's in the audience? If he's in the match, then I think he they they announce right on the spot. They signed Gronkowski. Well, they might not have signed him, but he might just pick a one-off appearance for this. If Mojo Rawley was announced for this, then I would think that there was a chance. I don't think that Gronk's going to yeah, be on there. that's fair enough. But I think the real question that we should be asking about this is, who's going to get eliminated first, uh, Luke Gallows or Carl Anderson? <laughs> Which one? Mm. Bo Dallas. <sighs> that's, you know, I, I'm going to go Gallows. I'm just wondering which one manages to hold onto the ropes this longest before he gets chucked over. <laughs> so I imagine yeah. it'll be basically simultaneously within the first 10 seconds of the match. Yeah, they're not going to last long at all. You can tell no. that they've checked out. Oh, yeah. And I don't blame them either, because they're going to be fucked around with them for, you know, however many years. But guns so in my head. Said... Oh, are they going to galkem themselves? <laughs> I would, nobody I said that. my thing of, I, I think Braun wins it. And I think it's, oh, hugs around with the SNL guys. And then the kickoff USA portion goes off the air with live from New York. It's WrestleMania. And then everybody kind of goes, we're actually in New Jersey. <laughs> I, I will do that. But, they, but they, they insist on saying that they're in New York. And that's what the SNL guys do. So I think that's what happens. I hope I'm dead wrong. But I'm going strumming. I think this match, more than anything else in the entire night, is the biggest exemplary segment of booking's going to be insane. And they've got a plan, and we just don't necessarily know what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, this does not matter match wise. It's whatever they plan on doing with Colin Jost and Michael Shea. That's it. Yeah. Now, going off of what Callum had suggested of, you know, Strowman chasing around Shay and Jost, is there a chance that he gets them in the ring? And is there a chance that we see Strowman and Nicholas defeat Shay and Jost? <laughs> I'm <laughs> no, not even think, kidding. I don't think Nicholas is going to do anything. I think there's more likelihood. And again, this is this pin play to your um, Buddy Murphy, Alexa Bliss thing that Alexa Bliss beats them both up and then Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss make out in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy Murphy's just kind of like, God damn it! 
now I don't have my title anymore, and now she's out there with him. Uh, yeah, so I got Strowman. Uh, Rob, who you got? Strowman. Callum? Oh, I've got to take the actual final choice. Yeah, gun to your head. Fuck it, I'm going about this. <laughs> Why not? Why not? I don't care. Yeah, this match doesn't matter. WWE doesn't care either, so. What's funny is we still have a dozen matches to talk about. That's how big this fucking card is. So let's go to the first of the fatal four ways for the night. This is going to be the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. The Usos are going to defend against Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura. The Bar and Aleister Black and Ricochet, who were just competing for the Raw Tag Team titles for the past few months. But fuck it, why not? And may actually come into this holding the NXT Tag Team titles. But I highly doubt that's going to be the case. Uh, the Usos supposedly just signed a new contract with WWE, which now that makes me go, all right, well, they were my number two, and now they're my number one to win this. Never thought that Rusev and Nakamura had a chance. Never thought that the bar had a chance. It was essentially, in my mind, either uh, either the Usos sign a new contract and they retain, or they don't sign a new contract and they feel like they need to put the titles on Black and Ricochet. And now that they're back in the company for at least, a, I don't know, however long that contract is, I'm assuming that the Usos retain by pinning either the bar or Rusev Nakamura. Hmm. I think now, especially with the contract situation resolved, it makes sense to have the Usos retain. I think I'm still going to go with Ricochet and Aster Black, though. I think they want them to be... That's part of the reason why I don't think they're going to win the titles. That's uh, takeover is the fact that I think they want to give them a set of titles on the main roster and putting the SmackDown titles on them and maybe in the process making them official members of SmackDown would be like just just a way to kind of round it off because otherwise what is all of these victories really been about like why have they been I appreciate the fact they've been winning so much because most NXT people come on the main roster and just are completely forgotten about but I don't really see what the point of it would be if they don't actually end up winning the title fairly soon so it might not be a Wrestlemania but it has to be in the near future at some point no I actually think it's going to happen after I like the idea of Ricochet and Black winning. I really do. I think, again, it would solidify them as SmackDown guys. I think that's important. However, I'm going to say fuck off. And the winner of this match is Bruce Evan and Nakamura. And what's your reasoning? Because, hey, we always hear on the internet that these two are bitching. Look, we gave them a belt. We gave them a belt. We gave them the tag belts. This is great. <laughs> It's oh, a oh, Bob Holly method of, hey, I got an idea, give me the belt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, WrestleMania does fall on Reese's die, so it would make sense. I mean, absolutely. And they owe Nakamura for last year's Rusev Day tragedy. See, I think that what we're going to get here is the Usos retain after Black and Ricochet seem like they're pretty much guaranteed to win. Like... I don't know, maybe they like a uh, black hits the black mass on Rusev and then Ricochet hits his uh what's his fucking finisher? I'm blanking on it. Six thirty. Yeah, he hits his uh, flippy do or whatever. Six thirty. Uh, yeah, his uh six hundred and eighty five. And uh oh that's the amount of days for Pete Dunn. Uh 
And then would the Usos just kind of steal the victory and we get something either on the SmackDown after WrestleMania, you know, two nights afterward, or on the Superstar Shakeup night where the Usos are like, hey, Black and Ricochet, like, you guys deserve a singles title match kind of thing, just the two of us and the two of you. And then that's where we see the tag team titles change hands. Because I think that they want to have some kind of a title change happen on either the SmackDown or Raw after WrestleMania or the SmackDown or Raw of the Superstar Shakeup. And there's only one other scenario that I can see a title change. Actually, there's two more where I can see a title change happening. And just spoil it. It's the Intercontinental or the United States. And if we get something else that happens, the SmackDown tag titles, I think, would be a way to do that. And that way you get Black and Ricochet being the SmackDown tag team title uh, holders. They stick on the SmackDown side. But the Usos get a WrestleMania win. And they might be kind of happy about that, you know? Yeah, I can definitely see the logic, but I'm still... I'm going with Ricochet and the Black on the presumption, and again, it's nothing set in stone here, but I'm of the belief that I think the Usos will move to Raw in the Superstar Shake-Up. And so they can't have the SmackDown tactics. Well, I guess they can, because it doesn't matter who's holding what type of tire at this point in time, right. really, because the brand split doesn't matter at the moment. But... But it's just a case of, I think they'll just give it to Ricochet and Lester Black and it frees up the Usos to move to Raw without any sort of difficulties if they do decide to reinforce the brand split again. That's a good point. I can see that being the case. I'm going with legitimately Nakamura and Rusev because I think it's just a big ha-ha of, look what we did. Because fuck tag teams. We're the yeah, bar. Fuck you, Aiden. Yeah, yeah poor <laughs> bar. Yeah, the <laughs> We're all like, yeah, fuck the bar. And then <laughs> uh, let's go to the Intercontinental title match. Bobby Lashley is going to be facing Finn Balor. And no, it's not anything different just because he's wearing fucking face paint. All the right, Demon all King right, thing. Don't, don't do that. Don't shit on the idea as soon as we get to this match. That's, I have to deal. shit on it because this is, if there's one other match that I give the slightest shit about, it's this. I hate that this is a match that's happening here. We have seen Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor like 19 times. Have Balor has beaten uh, beaten Lashley, and he's beaten Lashley with Leo Rush. And they just swap the title again, and they're just having the same match. And the big thing that's supposed to be the, the hook is, oh, he's wearing fucking a dreadlock hat, and he's got some paint on his chest and his face. Fuck that. The demon thing is not even a different entrance in the grand scheme of things. He hits the same marks with the lighting. He wrestles the same style. It's, I hate it so much. And it's like, at this point, I don't care what happens. If I have to have a bathroom break, even if I don't need to go to the bathroom, I probably will during this match. That's how little I care about it. Well, that's pretty harsh, but um, there's not much to say here. I think Finn Balor wins as the Demon King, and we finally see the demon outside of SummerSlam, and I think that's great. Finn Balor wins. Oh, uh, yeah, Finn Balor wins. It's just a bunch of face paint. doesn't matter. It's... They, they, WWE have done a terrible, uh, like, presentation of the demon and its meaningfulness. They've tried to... They've hammed it up too much in the past, and now it's just a gimmick. It's not even, like, really that interesting. This is just a case of them switching the title over to Finn Balor because... WrestleMania. Yeah, because of WrestleMania. 
and the fact that he technically hasn't beaten Bobby Lashley one-on-one for the title because he pinned Leo Rush to win it in the first place, which just makes Finn Balor look bad in the grand scheme of things because as soon as he got a match with Bobby Lashley, he lost it. But he's beaten them in like tag team matches and stuff. Oh yeah, and, I'm not I'm not saying you know. he hasn't got victories over him, but it's just a case of like the the logic behind having this match is the fact that he hasn't beaten Bobby Lashley one on one for the title. It's just so underwhelming because this is one of those matches that I mentioned at the beginning of this where I look at it and I go, That's the best you've got for WrestleMania is hey, the match that we've been doing for like three months is slightly different because the one guy's wear different ring gear. So I think they had more planned. I just think that they decided to keep it simple. Yeah, and when you keep it simple, stupid, then uh, you can kiss your ass goodbye. That's how it works. <laughs> I do not care about this at all. I think that the fact that the Demon has only lost one match, if I remember correctly, which was to Samoa Joe and NXT, and that's kind of non-canon, that they're just spoiling the end of this too. And it's just sort of like, all right, well then just fucking hand the championship to Finn Balor. Don't even wrestle the match. And let me Maybe just... Maybe they won't. Maybe he'll do what he did to Baron Corbin at SummerSlam. And I, for one, would be perfectly fine with that. Yeah, I can't... Like, this match is all about Finn Balor's entrance and that's about it, really. And then him winning the title. But they're the only two things that need to be accomplished. The rest of it is just window dressing. Yeah, I hope that this is one of the shortest things. Just get it out yeah. of the way and just move on. That's I do what we're gonna do here. They use this as a, a thing to make the demon kind of like Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania, where he wears like superhero inspired things, because that's really what Finn started doing the paint as. It was like, oh, I'm gonna be Spider Man today. I'm gonna be the Joker. You know. I don't but, even have faith in that. I think he's just gonna do the exact same thing that he's been doing. But maybe Rey Mysterio will do that in the match that you were just about to bring up. Yep, that is completely up in the air because Rey Mysterio is dealing with an ankle injury right now. He sprained his ankle on Monday Night Raw, which is Fuck your fault. very uh <laughs> very Rey Mysterio. And no, no it's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, if anybody doesn't know, I put up a April Fool's joke on the Mega Maniacs that the United States title match had changed because Samoa Joe had gotten injured. And the reason why I went with Samoa Joe was because I figured nobody would believe it if I went with Rey Mysterio because it's too obvious. And then fucking the same night Rey Mysterio gets injured and I'm like, all right, well, I should have just gone with that. So there's two possible ways that this goes down. Actually, there's three technically. One of them being they just cancel this and for the third year in a row, Samoa Joe doesn't do anything at WrestleMania, which is insane if that happens. Option number two Rey Mysterio actually does wrestle. He is cleared. Whether he can actually compete or it's just going to be, you know, really, like, awful. And they continue on with whatever they're going to do with Dominic, which we'll get into in a minute. Or option three, they replace Rey Mysterio with somebody else. I'm going to go with that option first for something to talk about. Do you think that they're going to do it? And if so, who do they replace Rey Mysterio with? I have two names that actually... Yeah, no, I have two names that come in my mind. John Cena and Kevin Owens. I don't think they're going to replace Rey Mysterio. I wouldn't be surprised if they added to the match. I know, again, it would make it another triple threat, another Mighty Man match. But it's a case of, like, the fact that Rey Mysterio might be limited in terms of his mobility because of the injury. They might add another person in it to keep the match moving a bit more at a pace, in which case you, you add Kevin Owens to that match. But I I... I kind of think that this match is going to go ahead as planned. Even with a sprained ankle? 
if it's not that bad. I mean, obviously, if it, if it's revealed that he is ruled out of it, then yeah, then obviously he needs to be replaced. But until that point, until it is confirmed at that point, I think he will still wrestle the match. I have two names in mind for his replacement, one of which being Ali, who was injured by Joe, and that actually started Ali's downward spiral in the ascension of Kofi Kingston. And the other name I have is Dominic wins the United States title. Well, he has been training in whatever capacity. And, you know, that could be a WrestleMania moment or whatever, but I'd rule out Ali because they just had Samoa Joe soundedly beat him on SmackDown. Yeah. Okay, well, then I rule out Ali, and I think if he gets replaced, it's either they add Andrade to the match because he didn't get his match with Ray on SmackDown, and then Andrade can win because we deserve nice things, or they add Dominic to the match because, hey... WrestleMania moment, and he ha- he is training, and um, I hope they call him Dominic Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fantastic if they do that. And then Vicky comes back as his manager. Um, yeah, I'm leaning more towards the idea that I think what's going to happen here is Samoa Joe is going to cut a quick promo and say something along the lines of. You know, the United States Championship Open Challenge is something that I think is bullshit. He's not going to say that, but you know what I mean. Uh, you got your people like a John Cena that do this kind of stuff and whatever. And I had planned on beating the hell out of Rey Mysterio and whatever. I guess I just get a night off. And then Kevin Owens pops up and goes, hey, I'm not in the fucking Battle Royal. And they have a match. I think whatever was supposed to happen with Dominic, they just wait. They do it in the future or they just say, oh, fuck it. Th- plans changed. You know. But if we do get Rey Mysterio and Samoa Joe, then whatever this thing with Dominic, that's the hook. And that could be two different ways, too. That could be Samoa Joe beats the shit out of Dominic, like what Shane McMahon did with the Miz's dad. Or they could do something like Joe loses the championship because Dominic interferes and causes some kind of distraction or something like that. And this ankle injury makes me think that they won't go with Rey Mysterio winning the title. So... It sort of depends on where they go with this uh, injury. And if Kevin Owens does get inserted into the match or by some very strange circumstances John Cena does, then there's a chance that they take the title away from Samoa Joe just to kind of capitalize on the momentum of that. But other than that, I think that Samoa Joe is going to actually retain. I think we will see a new United States champion. Whoever that person may be, I think... The title changed his hands. Uh, I'm going with Samoa Joe retaining just because I think there are many other titles that will switch hands tonight, and that's one of the ones I think will stay. Let's go to Drew McIntyre versus Roman Reigns. This match is essentially, hey, we got to get Roman on the card. First of all, I really hope this is the finals of the men's sexiest superstars tournament this coming summer. Because both these guys deserve that. And I wish Roman (laughs) wasn't playing up the leukemia right now. Because if he was 100% and Drew was 100%, there's a good chance this is your universal title match. And these two guys can go. And it would be a damn good match. Except I think the story is ultimately going to be Roman isn't strong enough yet. And Drew McIntyre wins. (laughs) 
I I can understand the logic behind that one because it does the way they have been treating this is if Drew McIntyre is the dominant force over Roman Reigns. But he just came back from cancer. <laughs> you can't beat him at WrestleMania. You have to give the win to Roman Reigns in this one. This is the story of Roman Reigns isn't strong enough to beat McIntyre. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, he is. Aren't we happy? That's what it is. It's, And I don't hate that. It's just a matter of I hate that this is going to be on a 16-match card. This is going to be rushed, and it doesn't matter. There's no title on the line. There's no stipulation to it. It doesn't lead into anything in particular and this could have been a universal title match. It's going to be wasted. And I feel like in a month or so, we're going to look back on this and go, damn it, I wish they wouldn't have done that at WrestleMania. I agree with that statement. But um, I know it's harsh because he came back from cancer. But he had his feel-good moment with the Shield at Fastlane. I think Drew McIntyre wins. I know he's You're going McIntyre and both of us are going Reigns as well, right? I, I, I kind of like have this like funny picture in my head of like the final shot of Becky Lynch holding the championship above her head, both championships above her head or something like that. And then Roman Reigns' music hits. <laughs> oh, I haven't had the match yet. Oh my God, he's having his fourth main event in the run. <laughs> that would be kind of funny. Yeah. He's like, actually. you know, you're the man, but I'm the guy. <laughs> Uh, do you guys think that Drew, uh, Dean Ambrose is going to pop up in this? He might do. Uh, no, I think he'll pop up on Monday. I don't think I think he's gone. I don't think he's doing anything. Not Monday well, night, WrestleMania, nothing. I thought he was gone when they had Drew Lamb out the first time, so I'm not sure. Um, let's see. Let's move on to the Falls Count Anywhere match. This is Shane McMahon against The Miz. The storyline was something that we had kind of assumed was happening a while ago. Uh, the best in the World Cup leads to them being besties. They're tag team champions. They lose it immediately. Shane McMahon turns heel. He beats up Kofi's dad. And then, uh, you know, now The Miz is going to get his uh, revenge on that. And by that rationale, The Miz has to win this. Are and you seriously going to say that you called Shane turning? Because I was completely shocked by that. I thought formulaically uh, the Miz would turn because the Miz is a heel. He always is a heel. And they went the other route. And I think it's actually really worked. I don't remember for sure if I called chain turning or whatever, but I, if I do remember correctly, I remember saying that you can't turn the Miz heel without it seeming like a waste. Uh, but the fact that this feud was happening was a guarantee. I can't say that I'm entirely convinced with the Miz's revitalization to the point where he can beat up all three members of Sanity on his own in a hardcore match and like beat up any sort of members of security and stuff like that. It's going to get a little hammy because if it was anyone else, I'd probably be along with it, but it's the Miz and the Miz can't fight. Well, now that he's a babyface, he's got a lot more heart and determination. Oh, yeah, and, sure. You know. <laughs> he's, fighting for his, he's fighting for his father, that's giving him in the strength the father his, father, never... his kid his yeah. wife yeah know. the father that never loved him until he won a tag team title uh, well, he, was right. too busy lo- he was too busy loving kofi to his ascension yeah Callum. and but i'm actually i'm actually i think the feud has been good very good to the point to certain points and it's been very well put together and 
I'm strange. Uh, it's a shame that Manning gets the Miz. And typically that would kind of just fill mo- a lot of people with dread, but it's Force Canyon match. And based on what we saw on SmackDown with them seemingly doing this thing where they're fighting around the arena, which has shades of the uh, WrestleMania X7 hardcore match, I'm actually looking forward to this quite a lot. Yeah, think- the fact that they added the False Count Anywhere thing makes this. This can be completely different than any other match on the card because of that false count in the US stipulation. And hopefully they take advantage of that and they go all around the arena. I mean, it's difficult because I imagine the ramp is going to be like two miles long. So I don't know how they can get backstage in that situation. That's but maybe at nine least, minutes of the match. <laughs> yeah, but maybe at least like go into the crowd or whatever and stuff like that and just have a bit of fun there. Uh, I hope Shane doesn't die. It's probably the big like sentiment that I take into any match that he has nowadays. Uh, but yeah, I think the Miz should, they, it should have a feel good ending and the Miz should win. Very much so. Absolutely. Miz has to win. Miz has to win. And, uh, I think that he's actually going to win from George Mazan and helping him out. I think that like whatever part that they're going to do the actual, uh, pinfall, he's going to show up and he's going to like kick Shane in the balls or something like that. Um, <laughs> Oh, Maurice. Maurice could do. Oh, Maurice is pregnant again, isn't she? Yeah, she she's kick. pregnant. So. Yeah. But maybe they could do. <laughs> she kicks and she says that it was the baby's kick and it was an extra, like. Hell yeah! <laughs> had about... extra kick to it. What about Mama Maurice? Oh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah, what's her name? Was... Like Mar- Margot? Yeah, Margot. Margot Mar- just Mar- kicks Mar- Shane in the nuts. I think everybody should kick Shane in the nuts. <laughs> this would just Linda, be like the bread and Vince. Rise from the chair and kick Shane in the nuts. <laughs> Well, the crowd will pop. They did yeah. the last time. Yeah, Miz has to win this, and it should be a lot of fun. So that's really cool. It's odd because if this wasn't a False Count Anywhere match, I'd be crapping all over this and being like, "My God, this is going to be one of the worst matches of the night." But they add that stipulation, and I'm like, "I fucking love False Count Anywhere matches. They're fun. They're so much cooler than just a regular street fight." And yeah, thumbs up. I like it. Uh, let's go to a bad one here. Uh, Kurt Angle versus Baron Corbin. This is a retirement match, the farewell match for Kurt Angle that everybody's crapping all over. And I will preface this in something that I've said many times before. I don't hate Baron Corbin as much as everybody else does. However, I will agree, this is not a fucking good idea. And they need to have John Cena come out and wrestle Kurt Angle. If they don't do that, they're setting themselves up for an entire arena of pissed off people booing Kurt Angle's final match. And that's really sad. I think if they get it over with quickly... Cena or no Cena, if they have it go, uh, Corbin goes for a punch and gets like five Germans and an ankle lock and taps, I think people are okay. But there's so many matches on this card that fill me with glee and, you know, make me feel like a kid again. This one makes the my inner child want to commit suicide. This is <laughs> fucking terrible. This is... Uh, not just because of who it is, it's because of the way they presented it. Of all the people, you have free range of who you want to end your career with, and it's like, well, by God, Baron Corbin. So that's fucking, that's awful. It would have been a really good, well, let me backtrack that a little bit. If Kurt Angle was able to wrestle the way that he used to wrestle, this would have been a really good match if it wasn't his retirement match because they did have a storyline of him taking over the general manager spot and 
them kind of butting heads and all that stuff, even though they did the whole idea of Drew McIntyre being the one that beat the shit out of Kurt Angle and they kind of just, you know, whatever on that one. But you don't do this for the final match. That's a different story. That's why Ric Flair had Shawn Michaels instead of Kenny Dykstra, you know? And I made this point on one of the Triple Threats recently. In another era, this would have been a great final match. The old hero comes out of retirement for one final match against this jackass that's been bothering him. But this is a new time. Retirement matches mean something different. And this ain't it, Chief. If we're looking at a different era, what would you equate these guys to? Would it be something like like Ricky Steamboat versus Adam Bomb? <laughs> like, uh, I think it would be if, if, if like Shawn Michaels was retired against uh, Crush. Yeah, it's just it's a it's an odd pairing. Or um, you know, I'm trying to think like if Jericho's future retirement match is against uh, uh, Chuck Taylor in AEW instead. But, yeah, you got it, Rob. No, Tony's just standing there dumbfounded. But... Uh, it's just completely lost on me, whatever this joke is. But, yeah. Yeah, you been... have to explain it. He, be- he beats him with the grenade. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Rob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, see, the indie guys will get it, Tony. You just have to get with the program. But, I mean, I'm obviously upset with this match in terms of the. it's not the opponent that I'd want Kurt Angle to have. And it sad, saddens me to say that Angle obviously has lost a lot of his speed and his intensity. I mean, he's still got the intelligence, I imagine, but the integrity and the um, intensity is is waning. Uh, but and so this match is probably not going to be very good, and it should be kept as short as possible. Just to if it, if this is the only thing we're getting and we're not getting Cena coming in, then it should just be kept as a short squash with Angle forcing Corbin's tap out. Within like three, four, five minutes, something like that. But I'm gonna kind of struggle to keep my composure when Angle's coming down to the ring for the last time, because like he's to me what Shawn Michaels is to you guys. He's the greatest wrestler of all time in my mind. And regardless of who his opponent is and whether it's the right opponent, and it certainly isn't the right opponent in this situation, it's still the end of arguably the greatest wrestling career of all time. In terms of just pure match quality, I'll say it because nobody said this. Because I guess they're also wrapped up in the universal title and what Brock is. But fuck, I wish Brock didn't have that title, and they could just build around those two guys having one more match. And I don't want Angle to die on the way out. (laughs) (laughs) But I would have. If the, if they do do the John Cena thing, what they should do if they get John Cena in is as close an approximation as they possibly can do to their first match together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Down, with Angle doing that pinfall attempt where he grabs both Cena's arms and goes to, like Because he didn't beat him with an ankle slam or an ankle lock in that match. He beat him with some sort of cross... like It was a weird pinning predicament. I don't even know what you would call it. Just like he grabs, he hooks both their arms in like an underhook and then spins over onto the mat. It was like an actual like amateur wrestling pinfall attempt. And they should do that and Cena should get out of it and beat Angle. I I've, I fully believe that if Cena does this, then Cena should beat Angle. 
just because it doesn't matter at that point. He still had his final match against John Cena, and Cena gets his win back from all That's those right. years ago. I think if they do this, the only thing I want is for a promo to have John be like, well, the people want it, but Kurt, why should I be your... Why do you think you deserve to face me in your last match? And Kurt says, ruthless aggression, it's Max McGraw's face. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You know what we? I'll, I'll give you a, a kind of a combo of that. Kurt Angle beats Baron Corbin. He has, you know, a two second match with him. Whatever you send him packing, he's crying from the ankle lock. Whatever, and Kurt Angle's standing there and he's not happy. And you know, it's not the whole like celebration after the match, and it's not, you know, thank you everybody, thank you, tears running down my face and streamers and whatever. It's him just looking kind of like, well, that's fucking it, you know, whatever. And then John Cena comes out and Cena goes, no, 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 no. That's not a good send off for Kurt Angle. We need, you know, something better. We need something grandiose. We need something WrestleMania worthy, you know, whatever. But Kurt, you just wrestled a match, you know, whatever. Do you think you got it in you? And then that's where the ruthless aggression line comes in. I would, uh, again, I don't want to extend too much because this is not going to happen anyway. So build it up, but. I'd go on further to have Angle be disappointed with the match. And he says, I'll, I'm issuing an open challenge to anyone in the back to come yeah. out and face me in my final match. And then you don't actually play John Cena's real music. You play the music that he came out to from, on that night itself. <laughs> That'd be yeah. cooler. And because then, then no one knows what the music is because they, they obviously it's just generic. Like, this is your first time night on the show music. And then Cena comes out and then you start playing his actual music and everyone gets excited about it and stuff like that. Yeah, that'd be, man, see, that would be so much cooler. And we're just going to fucking get Kurt yeah. Angle beating Baron Corbin, probably. <laughs> yeah, but I will I will still, like, bow down to just a, a a phenomenal career. The last few months, obviously, take that with a grain of salt. It's kind of like Ric Flair's final months where he wasn't exactly having stellar matches, but it was still just good to see him. And I'll take, take that attitude of Angle up until the end. Now, one of the reasons why this Kurt Angle and John Cena thing might not happen is because rumor has it the main idea that they have for John Cena, which is really stupid in my mind, and I hope it's not the case because I obviously hope the Kurt Angle thing is the uh, the John Cena thing. But more buzz than anything has been that John Cena is going to interrupt Elias. And I hate that for so many reasons. I hate it, one, because we've seen John Cena and Elias do this multiple times now. So there's nothing different. Like, literally, it's going to be the exact same thing as what it's been before multiple times. Two, the Elias thing is guaranteed to have somebody interrupt him. And if it's just John Cena, it's going to be underwhelming, I think. When you've got number three, my third option why I don't want this to happen is I want Honky Tonk Man to hit Elias over the head with a fucking guitar. And that can't happen if it's just John Cena coming out and wrestling a match with Elias or something. Yeah, I mean, I think that it but it depends. Well, it doesn't depend either way. Either way, it goes badly. But if you do this before the angle match, people will just be chanting "Please fight Angle" or something along those lines to the effect towards John Cena because they'd be annoyed that he's in the segment and he's not fighting Kurt Angle. And if it happens after the Kurt Angle match, the people will be upset at Cena because he's come out and he didn't turn up during the angle match. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's a catch three too, and also. Elias is more popular than John Cena. So obviously John Cena coming out does get a pop because it's John Cena and you haven't seen him for a while. But Elias is actually 
with a, a, a vocal, I don't know if it's a vocal minority or at least at least a very vocal section of the crowd would be get over more than Cena would. And like, look, I always harp on the idea of repeat stuff being bother, but I can't imagine that last year we had a scenario where Undertaker didn't show up and it was Elias. And then they had the John Cena and Elias thing before the Undertaker thing happened. Can't imagine that anybody thinks that that was so damn memorable enough that they're like, man, I can't wait to see John Cena do something against Elias this year. You know? Except you're forgetting the fact that this is literally what they're building towards. Elias has said, you know, when I was interrupted last year at WrestleMania, that's when my downward spiral started. I need to make up for that. But, and... I've been making some wild predictions on this show. My thing is, Elias goes, maybe they do the Honky Tonk Man sketch, and Elias hits him in the head with the guitar, and he goes, all right, without any more interruptions, and he goes to strum the guitar, and that's when you hear the gong, and Undertaker comes out, beats the shit out of Elias. Then Cena comes out, and you get them in a match. I think that there's a zero chance that Undertaker faces John Cena. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with that. I think there's more of a chance that Triple H loses this in ring career than. <laughs> yeah, I've I've more faith in that if Elias does face Cena, that Elias wins, than than Undertaker and Cena facing each other. Well, we'll see. Do you guys think that this is going to have anything to do with any of the other musical performances, like Joan Jett or Yolanda nah. Adams? Nah. Neither do I. Figured I'd put it out there just in case. Let's go to AJ Styles versus Randy Orton. This match is something that's just kind of one of those like mid-card, not not mid-card in terms of the people, but mid-card in terms of the actual lineup. Um, Sort of, you know, here's two big names, they fight each other kind of things. And admittedly, at first, I was kind of like, that's eh, going to be a little bit of a waste, but I'll give them credit. Promo-wise, these two have been on fire with a lot of the shit that they've been saying. Orton did his whole spiel at the beginning where he was like, oh, you're, you know, you're promoting some other guy winning a championship. No wonder you fucking took so long to get here. And they did this really good back and forth over the past couple of weeks where last night in particular on SmackDown, there was a good uh, exchange where Orton said, you know, if you were really that good, as good as you think that you are, you would have been in WWE a long time ago. And Styles' response was, yeah, well, while I was fighting on the indies and doing the high school shows and stuff, you were getting suspended for trailing drug tests. And then Orton's like, well, you know what? Now you're trying to see the as this as the place that AJ Styles built. Well, you're really just the corporate bitch who took over after John Cena left. And it's like, fuck, I like this. Like, I'm so much more into this than I thought that I would be at first. And part of me kind of wishes that this was maybe – uh, the Universal Championship match or the United States Championship match or the Intercontinental Championship match or something just to give it a little bit more prominence, but I don't think that they really necessarily need it. And I think that either man can win and it's still going to be good for the future. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this match. I think they haven't had plenty of interaction in the time that AJ Styles has been on the main roster. They definitely haven't had an extended feud. They've had a few matches together, but nothing major and so it's it feels fresh it feels different uh i love the fact that the promos are grounded in reality but they don't break kayfabe ronda 
and so <laughs> and so it still has semblance in that thing it's still it's still within their characters but it's still feeding off the actual things they've been through in their lives as well as their careers which i think works very well it's clear these two have i mean they're, they're in their storyline characters they both like disrespect each other but you can kind of get the sense they both respect each other and they're planning on having as good a match as they possibly can have with the time they're allocated i hope this is given plenty of time to have a good match because styles is yet to have that big i mean he, the match with shane was a lot better than it should be but it was shame at man so there's only there's an upper limit you can get to with that sort of thing he hasn't had that standout match yet and arguably randy orton has i don't think he's had that standout match since like the match with the undertaker at least in the singles capacity like obviously you can talk about the triple threat with daniel bryan and batista but that was daniel bryan's match it wasn't orton's match he was just the guy carrying the titles into it had a good match with rollins Oh yeah, but yeah. like that was that was yeah, Rollins. It's, it's overshadowed by the fact that it's Rollins' is ninth, though. Yeah, like no one was talking about Randy Orton off that thing. They were talking about the RKO maybe for a little bit, and that was gift for eternity. But I think this is an opportunity for Orton to like stand out on the card. But these two, given the right amount of time and the right thing, a dark right sort of like build and just a prominent spot in the card, like in the right place, not in a death spot. It could be a dark horse to be match of the night. I hope that they don't fuck it over on time. No. And this is where I get into like, I don't want Angle and Corbin to go more than like five minutes. I don't want Balor and Lashley to even be on this fucking card. Like that's where my issue is. And I don't want to see, which I I think they're going to do. And this is my prepare for the worst hope for something in the middle and i hope for the best and expect something in the middle kind of thing i think that we're going to get a scenario here where they go go out there and you've got 11 minutes do what you can we're going to continue this feud and if it's good enough we're going to let you guys have a better match at money in the bank or you guys are going to have a wrestlemania rematch on smackdown you know like one of those kind of things and we're going to they're going to basically divide it up as we're going to give you guys enough time that you could have had one fucking amazing match and you're going to have three C plus matches instead. You know, that's what I'm worried about. As much as the Baron Corbin Kurt Angle match makes my inner child want to commit suicide. This is the match that I am living for. I have waited for this match for at least 12 years, at least and everything that the promos has been fucking fantastic. This is the match that I'm going to shut my brain off and just pray that they give it enough time that it lives up to what I think that it can be because this could very well be the best match of the night. On the men's so, side. I don't know who I think is going to win this. AJ Styles. Pardon? Part of me leans towards Randy Orton. I'm I'm going Orton because well, I think I think this is a babyface heavy winning show, and it's WrestleMania. It should be a babyface heavy winning show, but I think to try and balance it out a little bit and to extend the feud further in the ways that Tony's has said, I think Orton wins this one. I just hope to God that it's not phenomenal four. Oh fuck, okay. <laughs> like just well, they did that on SmackDown. I yeah, think they're well, gonna. I think they're going to tease that and then it will somehow come out of nowhere in a different capacity. Like, I don't know, maybe 
I mean, I've I've always like spoken. Well, I haven't like spoken like extensively about it, but I have mentioned the fact in the past that I'm waiting for the match where Styles decides to try and pull out the spiral tap again, which is his like twisting moonsault off the top rope. That he, oh yeah, he could do that. Which I haven't seen him do since New Japan, and definitely he hasn't done it in WWE. Mm. But and then. Orton somehow manages to catch that into an RKO. <laughs> if they can pull that off, then that's going to be one of the best parts Evan of the entire night. That's, that's Evan Bourne level shit. But, like, I can't imagine that happening. But I can imagine some sort of incident where Styles goes to the front forearm and he stays on the top row while Orton thinks that he's gone for an RKO and then he turns it into the 450 splash, but Orton catches him into the RKO on that one. Or There's some... a lot of potential here. Yeah, I, I, I still see Orton winning this one just based on the fact that. Just because I think there's a lot of baby faces winning on this one, and I don't think it hurts Styles to lose this match. And also, you might need someone to have like challenge for the WWE Championship that's a heel in the future. Very much so. Let's go to the other Fatal Four Way, or one of the other Fatal Four Ways at the very least. Uh, we have the women's tag team titles are on the line. The Boston Hug Connection, Sasha Banks and Bailey, are going up against the Iconics, Beth Phoenix and Natalia, and Nia Jackson Tamina. And I've talked about this before, but I want to just really quickly run it down again. There's no reason that Nia Jax and Tamita should be in this match because they lost twice already. As much as I do think that the Iconics deserve a little bit more credit, they are booked as just afterthoughts in this and complete jokes. And this should have just been the Boston Hub connection against the Divas of Doom. No, that, Tony. That you got everybody on the card. And the other four should have been in the Battle Royal. But... You have to have Nia Jax in a prominent position, Tony. No, you don't. <laughs> well, clearly you do. She was in two Royal Rumbles. I wouldn't have done that either. <laughs> I would have put her in the Women's Royal Rumble, and that would have been it. And she wouldn't have had a prominent spot in that one probably either. Uh, I, I don't like this, and I don't like that this is going to be one of the biggest clusterfucks of the night that people are going to feel like they have to say was good, even if it isn't. I'm, I can't say I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I don't think the Iconics have really been that good in the ring since joining it, and I find their segments very cringeworthy. That's just obviously a personal opinion, but I just I don't really enjoy watching them. Nia Jax and Tamina are absolute crap in the ring, and they're not getting any better. Uh, so I hope that this is limited as much as possible to just Bailey and Sasha Banks against the Divas of Doom. And until I like the episode of Raw, I would have said oh, Bailey and Sasha Banks obviously are going to retain. Then I see Raw and I think Beth Phoenix actually looks pretty good. She looks like she hasn't lost a step in the ring, and so I wouldn't be against them winning the match. But it depends if Beth Phoenix is actually willing to go on like a road schedule again. I'd be surprised, but stranger things have happened. Yeah, I left Raw with the same impression of, wow, Beth Phoenix looks like she's got a run in her. But whether or not she wants to fulfill that is completely up to her. However, I think that this is completely meant for the Boston Hug connection to have this WrestleMania moment together and retain these titles. And we get the Divas of Doom match on Raw, and it'll be very good. And then we'll move on to something else. Mm -hmm. 
it's way too easy to keep it on the Boston Hug connection and have them fight people going forward. So Banks and Bailey win. And this match ends up being one of the worst of the night. And people talk about how great it was and people talk about how historic and iconic and whatever and blah, blah, blah. Because people are going to have it in their mindset that they can't crap on a women's match on this card. And they're also going to feel like they need to owe that to Beth Phoenix. And they're going to be like, you know, you still got it, whether or not she does. And she seems like she's fine. But she looked like she had it more than Natty did. Yeah, well, <laughs> she looks like she's had it more than Bailey and Sasha did in that match. <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah. yeah. And I'm a fan I just kind of feel like there's a shield over this match, and that it's gonna people are gonna be like, I, it's immune to criticism, and I'm already crapping on it because I don't think it's gonna be good. And I that's see, mostly, Tony, I see Roman Reigns coming out and spearing <laughs> all six <laughs> women and letting Nia Jackson to Mina win the match. That's where Ambrose pops up. Yeah, I blame more so on this is going to be Jackson, Tamina, and the Iconics because if you look at this, Phoenix and Natalia, Banks and Bailey, if they would have had a, a regular just one tag team against the other match, I think it would have been good. Yet you incorporate Jackson, Tamina as the the monsters to overcome and play up the power game, and they're going to play that role, and the Iconics are going to be like the annoying little pest weasel chicken shits. And it's going to be hard to to mesh these two serious tag teams with the chicken shit comedy one and the, you know, oh, we're going to come through and beat everybody up and stand tall like Jackson Tamina. And those two teams are going to ruin it. And I feel bad about that. Should have been in the Battle Royal. Uh, let's move on to the No Holds Barred match. Triple H is putting his in-ring career on the line against Batista, who... Wants him to kiss his ass, and uh, he wants to end his career, although Batista has also gone on the record multiple times in the past to say, I want my final match to be against Triple H and that kind of thing. So kind of spoils that Batista is probably going to lose this one, if not just because of the whole idea that Triple H is probably going to wrestle more in the future. I don't have a lot of faith in this in the way that WWE wants me to. I think that these two... Over 10 years ago, 15 years ago, basically at this point, that was more so in their primes. And now, especially with Triple H having a torn peck not that long ago, I think that this isn't going to work out all that well. And I hope I'm wrong. First of all, Batista comes back and the man just provides us with joyous memes and memorable moments and that's just in three appearances it really makes me miss guys who are actually good entertainers and that's what i'm taking away from this match yeah it's not going to be anything great triple h's recent nostalgic bouts have not been all that good and i'll say i watched his matches with rollins and reigns recently and those weren't that good but i think this match will be fun i'm not going to go into it thinking too much and triple h wins because damn it it's been six years i think he can afford a victory yeah this is the no holds bar stipulation helps it because it means they can do a bit of like like smoke and mirrors routine to try and make sure that they get the match through triple h is only five months removed from tearing his peck I don't know how he can be wrestling in that sort of shape in this instance. 
he's up against Batista, who hasn't wrestled in like well a considerable five amount years. of time now. Yeah, five years five at this years? point. Yeah, and he's like he's past fifty at this. They're both past fifty at this point, I think. Nope, they're forty nine. Okay, well they're 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 just about touching it then. It, it might as well be two fifty year olds in the ring. Like, especially considering the fact that one of them is going with a, a recovering pectoral muscle when the other one hasn't wrestled and is coming in with a lot of ring rust. But they'll just have, they'll get involved with a lot of plunder outside the ring. They'll use the chair shots, the kendo sticks, all your traditional stuff. They'll do a spot with the announce table, blah, blah, blah. blah. So I'm not, I can't say I'm looking, I'm super excited about the match in terms of like what the actual quality will be, but it'll be nice to see Batista wrestling again. Does I'm Triple a big fan H, of Batista. So. Does Triple H get an entrance where he snaps his fingers and like a hologram of Batista turns to dust? I would love it if the, like Batista's entrance was Guardians of the Galaxy themed and then Triple H was Thanos or something. I'd love to see a part where Batista just doesn't do anything but stands still when he turns invisible. <laughs> you, I mean, I'd be more excited if Batista came out in uh, like paint than uh, Finn Balor. Yeah, if he comes out with like a little bit of like a Draxon style paint job yeah. kind of thing going on, that'd be kind of cool. And I, I think, think he's going full blue tista. Just saying. Oh no, I'm I I was about to say I think that he must come in with blue tights. That has to be his his thing to do. But I'm not like like I say not super excited about. I think this match will blow the roof off or anything on those lines. But these two will just try and pull out the best that they can do. And they're good. They're both very good storytellers. So I think the match will hold up in that regard. And yeah, again, it's just good to see Batista wrestling again. So I'm going Triple H. Triple H. You guys. Oh yeah, Triple H. So I'm gonna let you guys pick. Do we go with something that's a downer, or do we go with something that's positive for the next one? You gotta let's just get the downers out of the way. Yeah. All right, Brock Lesnar against Seth Rollins. Oh. Universal Championship match. Brock Lesnar wrestles the same fucking thing all the time, even though he goes with Balor and Bryan and Styles and wrestles a slightly different match. He wrestles the same match against all three of them. So he'll wrestle the same match against Seth Rollins and he'll beat Seth Rollins, and I don't fucking care. And this is my other bathroom break. I honestly have, like, I, I, don't, I don't care about this. I should. My it should heart... be the second biggest thing of the night, if not the third or whatever. And I hate it. My heart fucking breaks for Seth Rollins. I don't care what anyone says. He he had the snake bit road to WrestleMania. This should have been his year. Anybody else in the position that he's in would be headlining the show. The guy wins the Royal Rumble chooses Brock Lesnar, the A show, the A title. They've put Brock Lesnar over everybody. Didn't matter. Except Roman Reigns comes back from leukemia. The women are headlining and Becky Lynch is a phenomenon. And even out of the fucking blue, Kofi Kingston is more exciting and important for the SmackDown brand. Poor Seth Rollins is left looking like shit. And even though my brain says he's going to lose. I'm going to leave with my heart on this one and say Rollins must win because otherwise he's the biggest loser of the year. I'm going to first of all preface this by saying the people that are saying boo-hoo Seth Rollins 
and I'm, I'm afraid I'm throwing him in on this one as well, Rob. He had ample opportunity to do what he wanted that he could have done. It's not like like he could just stand idly by and let Becky Lynch and Kofi Kingston reign all over his parade. If you want to actually be the main event of WrestleMania and you want to at least come off, come off as the main event of WrestleMania, fucking do something about it. I you're agree facing with that. Bro- You're facing Brock Lesnar, and Brock Lesnar's not going to get in any trouble over anything. And at the end of the day, you won the Royal Rumble. They're not going to throw you out of the match at this point. They might have you lose the match, but you might, you'll might you still go in as a hot star. And if you lose, then the crowd will turn on the company. They won't turn on you. So that's the way that's the way it will go, essentially. And then it could even build even further momentum for him in the long run. But he's he's been he's been stuck in second gear, which makes me feel like he knows that he's losing. Mm-hmm. And that's probably really eating him up inside a little bit. That's that's the impression that I'm getting is that he knows that he's walking. He's like the dead man walking in he's i'm i can't say i'm not looking forward to the match because i'm like a lot of people i really enjoy brock lesnar matches especially recently with the seth rollins the finn balors people of that sort of nature just he he combines really well with people of that certain size and frame and build and and so i'm looking forward to the match itself and i think it's going to be a bit more of an exhibition than we're used to with Lesnar. I can imagine this going maybe into double figures in terms of minutes. But... <laughs> that's, that's sad to say that. Yeah, I know. But it's just a case of... I, I, can't, I can't see all three of the big title matches on this show all changing hands. No. And, there's, and, if, and if there's one that you good. have to sacrifice, this is the obvious choice. And not only is this in the position where Brock Lesnar is Brock Lesnar and they fucking give him everything that they possibly can and they put the title on him and keep it on him for forever. And even in the scenario of like the Braun Strowman thing at Crown Jewel, it was like, please don't put it on Lesnar. And they did. And then he just carried on for the next six months or whatever. But it's also very easy for WWE to justify this as... Nobody can bitch and complain if Lesnar retains because we're giving them, kind of spoilers, Kofi Kingston and we're giving him Becky Lynch. Fuck you. If you want to complain, we're giving you th- two out of the three. And they just put this on at a part of the night where the thing that follows it is something happy. And then they kind of just roll along and say, all right, let's just move on. And that's the end of it. Well, and I've talked about this so much off the air, but I haven't gotten Calum's opinion. I want to preface this by saying I love Becky Lynch, I love Charlotte Flair, I love Ronda Rousey, and there's absolutely no other match that should main event. But is Seth Rollins not always going to be the guy who's like, damn man, even even the women are outshining you right now? I think Rollins is man enough to recognize that the women deserve this spotlight. And I don't. I think he'd be the first ones to congratulate them for it. I think. Yes. I think. I under. I understand that framework. I'm not saying that you're entirely wrong with that, but I think that's coming from a mindset that we want to move away from, in the sense that I want to move into a direction where the women can main event a show as big as this one 
and it fit to feel normal. Yeah, for it not to be something that they actually plaster on yeah. the thing as and, and we're doing something great, aren't we? Yeah, you know? and for the, well, for the first time, you do have to do that. You have to hammer it home. Yeah, in order to get it at least to. But at some point, I want it to be like, oh, WrestleMania 30, 39, 40, 41 or whatever is down the road. Oh, and there's going to be a, a Raw Women's Championship match main event, and it's like, oh, cool. And that's just it, really. Like, it doesn't have to be every year. I'm not saying that every year from then now until eternity has to be main evented by a women's match. But I'd like to live in a world where that is an opportunity at every every point. It has to go to the biggest star at the end of the day or the biggest, like, the most over person at this point in time. And sadly, Rollins is not the most over person. He was earlier in this year. If WrestleMania was in, like, June or July, he would be the main event of WrestleMania. But it wasn't. And it's been several months since then. And he's dramatically cooled off. And I, I think if the women weren't main eventing, it still wouldn't be Lesnar and Rollins. It no, would still be Kofi and Brian. And even if that wasn't the case, it would be uh, Triple H and Batista. And I don't think that Rollins and Lesnar feud has any heat to it at all. It's the same promo that Paul Heyman has cut for four years. It's the same response promo that everybody has cut against Brock Lesnar, which is, I'm sick and tired of you not having the championship. I'm going to win the championship. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm bringing the title back to Raw. And then Lesnar fucking wins, and then the next person comes along and does the same fucking thing in four months. Every time. I agree with that. I'm just saying, kind of in line with what Callum was saying earlier, do you think a Triple H in 2002 would have taken it lying down? Or do you think he would have tried to elevate himself to that level to where he can make a case for himself being the main event? A Shawn Michaels in his prime. You know what I mean? I'm not saying the women don't deserve it. I'm saying... You Rollins should have been doing better. I think well, he- Seth is almost too willing to say, let Kofi have his moment, let the women have theirs. So you're saying that Seth Rollins should be a politically driven bitch, right? <laughs> That's what you're saying when you're talking about Triple H and Shawn Michaels at that point in time. You, you're somebody who cares more about himself than the actual product. Not in such a harsh term. But that's that's exactly what they did at that point. I know I I don't hammer on with Triple H as much because I love what he's doing with NXT and he's definitely a very progressive thinker and I'm looking forward to him taking over the company. But at that point in time, he was a politically driven bitch that wouldn't let anybody share the spotlight with him. And so that's an attitude that Seth Rollins, thankfully, is not taking. Perhaps I should have said Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, he was too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to take my ball. Go. Well, the difference with um, Steve Austin was that he was the biggest star at that point in time. I, 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 I say I reinforced the point. If Seth Rollins was as over now as he was like in the summer last year, then he definitely should be the main event of WrestleMania because Becky Lynch certainly wasn't as over at that point and Kofi Kingston was nowhere near the WWE Championship picture. But the times have changed. You need to kind of move on with it, really. Seth Rollins just isn't as big a deal as these two. This is something that is more on the fantasy booking side of things, and it's something that could have not happened over the past bunch of weeks or so, but just putting it out there for perspective's sake. Agree or disagree on this? They should have figured out some kind of way to put Roman Reigns in the title shot instead of Seth Rollins, and it would have been a much better card overall if we got Brock Lesnar losing the championship to to Roman Reigns Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins for the Intercontinental Championship, Bobby Lashley and Finn Balor in the Battle Royal. I disagree. I think Reigns should be in the match. 
but they clearly have gone another route with him. But I think he should have been added. I th- I think adding Roman Reigns this match ruins the goodwill that you've built up with him immediately. And it's not among everybody. I know it will certainly it will be among people that maybe uh, have unsavory characteristics, but it would ruin the match. Well, when did Roman Reigns make his return? Like February. If he would have been able to, him winning the Royal Rumble would have been, I think, that, a bigger thing than Seth that Rollins. Would have been, that would have been worse. Oh, that that would have been a big thing. That they would could have, have done that. That's where I'm kind of going with here. That's why I but, said he couldn't have done it in the past, like, three weeks or anything. But, like, Roman Reigns beating Brock Lesnar, as much as I don't want to see that ever again, it would have been justified in the sense of being like, all right, can we fucking just do this and get it over with? And then he would have had to. If they would have given it on Lesnar again, I would have, you know sent that Armando guy to their well, office. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but less than stronger than cancer. He shouldn't be. Barely. And then took six, took six F5s. And then Rollins and McIntyre, they strike me as more of like that secondary type of thing. Cause let's face it. Rollins is only in this match because he was the backup plan because Roman Reigns couldn't be the universal champion. That's not, there's no justification in my mind that WWE ever had it planned to do Brock Lesnar going in as the champion against Seth Rollins, other than when Roman Reigns had to relinquish the title. No way. Absolutely no way. So this is, it doesn't matter. You know? I guess we have to, you know, grin and bear it. I know what's coming. And again, I wasn't, I'm not trying to say that the other two matches aren't bigger because they certainly are. It's just a shame because I know anybody else could have made more of this. And also, this is just to just to bitch at the people that bitch at me bitching. <laughs> if Brock Lesnar is that goddamn important and everybody goes, oh, why do you crap on Lesnar? He's the biggest star and he draws the most money and all that. Then why is he not the main event? And why does he not have a match that people care more about? And how, and this is not to crap on Kofi and Brian, how is this supposedly multi-million dollar megastar who can do whatever the fuck he wants and get championships for a year and a half long and not do anything, but he's totally worth it because he makes up for it at the end of the day. How is he so far overshadowed by the guy who is replacing Mustafa Ali at Elimination Chamber? Because That well, proves that Brock Lesnar is not that fucking important. And in that case, take the goddamn championship away from him, pay him to sit at home. Well, you know? let me let me just say this. Brock Lesnar isn't in the main event because this year belongs to the women. Otherwise, he absolutely would have been in any other. This year, it's a special thing, and Becky's on fire. But otherwise, it would have been Brock because it's been Brock every other year except for when they wanted to do what Roman, Roman or the Undertaker. Right, but that was at least you know. I'm saying Brock would have totally gone over Kofi and Brian in any other scenario. But Kofi is special, and I don't think it's really a reflection on Brock. I think it's a reflection on Seth and the creative with Brock that they've just told the same story over and over. And maybe, just maybe, if I have my way, it ends the Raw after Mania with... Somebody beating Lesnar. I hope so. 
But for now, I'm going Seth Rollins loses. Lesnar retains the title. Going with my heart saying Seth Rollins wins, even though all signs point to the contrary. Yeah, I'll go with Lesnar winning. Just because I'll, I'll be surprised if it, I'll be surprised and delighted if it's the other way around. I think that this is going to be like hour two or so, and they're going to just try to sweep it under the rug. And then they're going to be like, hey, stay tuned later because we got Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. And that match is going to be fucking fun as hell. I it, This may be the match that I'm the most excited to see. I, I really, 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 I can't stress that enough. Really hope that there is no swerve of the New Day turning on Kofi Kingston or something. And if Kofi wins the title, which I think that that's the smart thing to go with here is they should put the belt on Kofi. That could be one of like the best WrestleMania moments. I'm really like, I'm trying not to get my hopes up for it, but at the same time, I'm really fucking hoping that Kofi Kingston wins this title. Uh, First of all, before I like going to just break it down the match, just go, go on a little mini run with, the motherfuckers that think that the New Day should split up. The only people that think the New Day should split up are people that are going to watch the products regardless of whether the New Day are together or split up. And the the idea of splitting up your most over-faction, arguably, besides when the Shield are together, and what for what? So Big E can go on a heel run for a couple of weeks, have a few Kofi Kingston, maybe get a shot at the WWE Championship fail, and then be stuck in the mid-card until they all come back together in a year's time. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck off. Just, yeah, I just booked the entire year of splitting up the New Day for you. You're welcome. It's not that good. Let's go back to the way it was meant to be, which is them together as a unit, because sometimes it's good to just have people that are friends the entire way through. And is it so bad to be fucking happy? Yeah. Like, some of these people, when they suggest these things, it's like, misery loves company. Like, yeah. can't we have that WrestleMania moment of... Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston and Big E all together celebrating yeah, wrestling, and just being happy. Wrestling should be fun and fulfilling. It's like a sense of, I know, look, I'm going to move on to the women's match afterwards, but that um, brawl segment at the end of, well, towards the end of Raw, whatever, where they're fighting with police and whatever, they should all be in jail right now and they should be serving really long sentences, but they're not because it's wrestling and wrestling's fun. And just get a sense of, like, this should just be, like, a really fun, entertaining spectacle. And these two are going to kick so much ass. And Kofi Kingston is so good at this sort of situation where he can play the underdog. It's so brilliant with Daniel Bryan's storyline. He's gone full circle, which is the story they've been telling. The fact that he used to be the underdog that was the B-plus player and was never getting the opportunities. Now he's the corporate, like, stooge who says that other people can't get opportunities because they don't fit the mould. And... We've got the new day surrounding it. The new day have had to jump through every single hurdle possible to get this opportunity for Kofi Kingston. Kofi's going to gain there. He's going to overcome odds again because seemingly Eric Rowan's going to be around and Daniel Bryan is obviously incredibly good at what he does. They're going to have a great match. The crowd is going to be so behind Kofi the entire way. And I, I'm just really excited because I've, I know, again, you can't get your hopes up too much, but Kofi Kingston might win the WWE Championship, and it seems almost likely at this point that he's going to win the WWE Championship, and that is going to be such a fulfilling feeling. I would be more comfortable with Baron Corbin beating Kurt Angle 
than I would with Kofi Kingston losing this match. There's no, oddly, n- yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's, the there's no fucking way. There's no way if he loses this match, I would hate to jump on that. Well, fuck the WWE. I'm gonna cancel bandwagon. But it's like, what the fuck? If he loses this match, him and Becky, like if if either one of those two lose, then you're not fucking doing it right. And I hate to go here because there's a whole big spiel about race shouldn't be brought into this issue. But if you have Kofi lose this match, how are people not going to just go, well, fuck, you just don't want to see happy ending for the black guy. It'd be Booker T Triple H all over again. Yeah. But at I mean, a much higher level, at a much higher level in this regard, because yeah. they've, they've built Kofi so much better at this point. And it's also just a slight at the fans' happiness, just like we were just talking about a minute ago, because WrestleMania used to be the part of the year where, and we're going back decades at this point, but WrestleMania 1 ends with the baby faces strong at the end. WrestleMania 2, Hulk Hogan's got this big challenge with this cage match and King Kong Bundy, and he beats him, and yay, WrestleMania 3 Andre the Giant, this big fucking obstacle, and it's the cementing of Hulk Hogan as this monumental person. WrestleMania 4, it's got Randy Savage beats the obvious Ted DiBiase option. 5, you've got the the hero beats uh, Macho Man. Tony, we're going to be here all day. If you keep, yeah, if you it's just, it, it continues going it, on it all the well, way up until, until, Triple H, until Triple H wins at WrestleMania 2000. Well, I was going to argue it goes all the way up until WrestleMania 9, potentially. Oh, and WrestleMania yeah. 9 is when you get the champion loses, but they have a backup option of what they thought was going to get over super well, which is Hulk Hogan comes back and does that kind of thing. But they balance it out the next year, and they, they've they learned this idea of that that's a good way to, to go about things. And once you get to Triple H retaining, and it's just you know the end of it, then that starts to kind of fall by. But um, you can't do that for this kind of a thing. You no. can't book this as you're trying and you're trying and you fail and you try and you fail and you try and you fail and you finally get to where you can do it and look at that you fail and fuck you okay well we're gonna give you becky lynch to end the night and that's the end of it and shut up and you know what you know know what fills me with so much hope in regards to this match is that it's daniel bryan who's walking in with the wwe championship because he looks like the type of person and seems like the type of person who would realize look i had my wrestlemania moment retaining uh winning the championship it's Kofi that needs to win this. And I wouldn't be surprised if, even if they had told Brian, okay, you're going over tonight. Brian strikes me as the type of guy that would say to Kofi Kingston during the match, you're pinning me, whether they want me to or not. And he will essentially just, they'll do the spot where they're meant to have like a trouble in paradise and he will lay down. Because, because Brian knows what's right for this match. He knows how this match, this feud and this match ends. Everyone knows how this feud and match ends. It's just whether the guy at the top knows how mm-hmm. this feud and match ends. And that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. And I would it's... argue with so much Vince McMahon inserted into this feud, the real proper ending, since we know already it's not closing the show, while the New Day is celebrating, Vince McMahon should come out, shake his hand, raise his hand, like, congratulations, you're not mm-hmm. a B plus. That is the way you end this match anything well anything that involves kofi losing is utter bullshit yeah, yeah. kofi kingston wins period i'm gonna 
go against my better judgment and say the right call is going to be made and Kofi Kingston's going to win. But there's that part of me that says it's WWE and they love to fuck with people and they love to make the wrong decision. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, there's an obvious thing of that, but I think this is just... And again, you can't just say that sort of thing because you're just leading yourself into potential heartbreak, but this this is an obvious decision and I hope they make it so Kofi wins. That's my prediction. Even if it's not, just to bring up the race thing again, even if it's not because they have some kind of a problem with race, which I don't think that they do necessarily. I'm going to put that out there. I don't think that but it, Vince McMahon is sitting there going, I don't want a black champion or whatever. But it makes Even it, if that, yeah. like, yeah, it makes it kind of look like that a little bit. Yeah. And I, this sounds really kind of harsh to say, but even if their mentality is, we want Daniel Bryan to retain and it has nothing to do with race. It's just we want Brian, Daniel Bryan to win and, you know, hey, we'll give Kofi Kingston the championship down the line and we'll, you know, drag this fucking shit out and fuck around with the fans and stuff. I still think that it's such a mistake that they deserve the backlash that they would get where people would say that it's because of race, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, that, I, I feel bad saying that because it's like, then I'm, I mean, I'm agreeing with somebody being criticized for something that they didn't do. But it's like at that point, fuck you. You've made so many mistakes in the past. You deserve to get a little bit of extra flack. And, you know? Let's just say how it is. Like this match is so big and it's been built up so to the point where Kofi has to win it that him not winning it could ruin the entire rest of the card. Yeah. Like no matter what happens, if Becky Lynch does win, if Seth Rollins even wins, and Kurt Angle gets a big send off, and he somehow manages to pull out a match of his previous standards, and all the other great stuff happens, this is too important to not. This is too important. They can't screw this up. If they have Kofi lose, and they put it on late in the night enough, then I hope the people boo the crap out of the main event, just because you deserve it. Because yes. The women's thing is awesome and important, but Kofi deserves this moment. 11, 11 years, dude. Kofi deserves this. I feel real bad for anybody that follows this match if Kofi loses because you know that, I mean, if they, like, imagine they put Daniel Bryan over. He wins by fucking count out or something stupid like that, even on top of that. And Kofi doesn't win the title. And then they have, like, Shane McMahon versus Miss afterward or something like that. Like they're going to eat them alive and the, the crowd deserves to chant. We want Kofi and this is bullshit and whatever like that. And just as much as that's going to be sucking for the pe- people that say afterward that they have no control over this, it's going to be um, something that, you know, it has to wake everybody up in WWE. But, but I will add that obviously knowing that WWE's tendency to maybe make the wrong, like make big, big wrong decisions in this situation. It adds a little bit. Well, yeah. Well, uh, you couldn't open the show, but it's more along the lines of it adds a little bit of jeopardy into this match, which you wouldn't otherwise get. Because if this is NXT, you know what the result was going to be, and you still you still love to watch it, but you know what the result's going to be because it's WWE. It adds a little bit more, and so I'm probably going to be shaking quite a lot during this match, just waiting for (laughs) the final moments. And you know what, though? That's what's, like, where they could have fun with this. Like, Or they could tease it as much as they want to. They could have so many good false finishes here where everybody like us, we're going to be biting our nails and we're going to be like, just fucking put the title on Kofi. Just put the title on Kofi. And they're going to have, like, Kofi Kingston hits the trouble in paradise. One, two, Brian kicks out. 
And then I'd be like, oh my God, he kicked out of the fucking finisher. That that means that they can't do that. Brian hits the knee plus one, two, uh, two and, you know, nine tenths and whatever. They could have Rowan do something and the referee's like about to disqualify and the, the New Day are like, no, 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 don't fucking do the disqualification, whatever. They could do so much with this match and make it a real nail biter where people are just like having heart palpitations as long as you actually have Kofi win. And mm-hmm. then everybody's going to go, oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. And then it'll be a completely different story than if Kofi loses or wins the match and only wins by DQ or something. And, you know, Vince is backstage going, well, he won the fucking match. You know what I mean? Dude, they're you know not going to Lex Luger him. You can't do that at WrestleMania. You cannot. I only have a 60-40 that I think Kofi will win. I'm only like that much into it. I there's a I think almost a 50-50 shot that Brian, Brian retains and that makes me nervous as fuck. But I'm so excited for this match because I think that these two they're going to steal the show in a lot of ways. Yeah. This is going to be this is such a, a heartwarming match. It's going to be a lot of fun, especially well, as long as we keep as as we keep saying, we'll keep reinforcing it because it's the most important aspect. The right person goes over. Yeah. So that takes us into the main event of the night, which is the Raw Women's Champion Ronda Rousey versus the SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair versus the Man Becky Lynch. Winner takes all. Triple threat match. This is one of the longest typed out matches. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking forever. Uh, the winner of this will win both championships and they have not yet 100% clarified exactly how that means going forward if it's going to be like you have to defend the title uh, the each separately if they're going to unify them and just have like the women's champion if they're going to do something which they have done in the past which I don't think they're going to do but they have done it so there's precedent for it of you are the dual champion and you have to pick which one you want to keep and one of them you're going to have to get rid of. They could do something like one of the championships is uh, they lost on Raw or SmackDown. They could have a lot of different ways to go about this. And it could be any of the three women that carry both those titles. But could be. let's address the elephant okay. in the room here. Okay. Becky Lynch has to fucking win this, right? Becky oh. Lynch needs to win this. As long as Kofi wins, then the only other thing that they need to do, and I, and I mean that throughout the whole weekend almost, anything can happen except Kofi needs to win and Becky needs to fucking win this match. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think that's like really just hitting the nail on the head for this entire show because the rest of the show can be kind of alright, like based on what we're saying, like we're looking forward to a lot of stuff on this show. Some of the stuff we're not looking forward to, but the two things they need to get right is Kofi wins and Becky wins. And then and then it goes down as a successful show because it did what it was supposed to do. If if they do that, this might go down as the best mania in five years. Well, I'll kind of not agree 100% with that. I think if you give the belts to Becky and to Kofi, it doesn't mean it's a good WrestleMania. It just means that it's not a bad one. Oh. If you do those... You're already kind of like um, you're making sure you didn't make the biggest mistakes. If they fuck over Kofi or Becky or potentially both, which they could fucking do. Don't, don't forget that about that. They could do this. It's WWE. 
if they do either of those wrong, the whole event's screwed. It doesn't I, matter what else. I, I, I kind of like do subscribe to that. Like it's got the idea of like you give the title to Kofi Kingston and you give the title to Becky Lynch. You've done the bare minimum. <laughs> You've done what you're supposed to do. Well done. Yeah. Now, now those now are the two legs you're thing. standing on. Yeah, now improve on that with the rest of the show. But I think like it's been built up so effectively. Like this is this is totally not what they had planned a year ago. Nope. Not by any. No, this was a hundred percent Rousey and Flair. Yeah, and Becky's forced her way into it, but it has to. I know. Typically, when the person has forced their way into this match, the way they weren't expecting to get forced into this match, they'll do everything in their power to make sure that person doesn't get as over as the people they do want to get over. But just go with it. Is the real thing. You've got this huge wave of momentum behind this person. It doesn't matter if they were expecting it or not. It's like if they saw that, oh, wow, Steve Austin really got over off this King of the Ring stuff. I better push him down because, you know, Mark Merrow's coming in in a little while. We want him to get to the top or anything along those lines. But or the Patriot is coming along in very soon or whatever. It's like, just, just run with this. This is so good. It's so organic. Just, uh but you can't you can't have faith in it. You can't have faith in it because, well, there's there's one real reason in this match you can't have faith in it, and she's an eight-time women's champion. Yeah, <laughs> and she could be a nine-time women's champion after. No, like, listen, this is fucking bullshit. Becky Lynch needs to win. This should be the quickest review we've ever done. Becky needs to win. The end. She needs, I'll go even further to say, she needs to tap out Rhonda. The end. Uh, People go home well, happy. See, I I can't put any faith that WWE is going to do the right decision, but I can put faith that WWE is not going to do the full right decision. Oh, yeah. I think that she's beating Charlotte. Absolutely not. Well, I, don't, I don't think she's beating Charlotte, but I don't think she's winning by submission. I think she's winning by pinfall over Rousey. Oh, I think she's pinning Flair. Oh, well, yeah. Well, I don't think she's making Flair tap out either. She's got to make somebody gonna... tap out. She's a. I've never seen Becky like roll. You know what out. she's been doing on the live events? No, she's been using the stunner. Well, Kevin Owens did that. Unfortunately, I don't know what the fuck for, but yeah, they took that for Kevin Owens. That'd be really cool had Owens not been doing that. We could have Becky just use a new move, a move that we haven't seen her use before to win the match. But then, but then you can't have that moment of, oh my god, it's the disarmor. You know what I mean? Like they like that built in. But you can extend that. I th- I think there's. I let me put it this way. I know obviously there's a lot of speculation about what happens to Rousey after WrestleMania, but you should have a singles rematch at somewhere down the line between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. So add the adding the em- impetus of the fact that. Ronda Rousey didn't tap out to Becky Lynch. You could have like a submission match between the two of them or whatever down the line or something to that effect. I think at the end of the day, I think Lynch should be Rousey out of the two of them. And I know that you think it's going to be Charlotte. And there's every reason to believe that it could be Charlotte because it protects Rousey. Uh, Charlotte has obviously lost to Becky Lynch beforehand. It doesn't really hurt her that much to be the one that's on the losing end of this. But the, the the real 
intensity or the fire of this match is between Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey, Charlotte Flair's the, in the, in the idea that like Becky's the one that's like thrust her way into this already pre-planned match, Charlotte is the one that feels like the third wheel. And they gave her the SmackDown Women's Championship, so she feels like less of the third wheel. But I love that. That, I'll say, was very well done. The, well, wait a minute. What has Charlotte Flair even brought to the table? I'm bringing the people. Ronda's bringing the notoriety. Why is Charlotte here? And then she just goes, I'll show you, bitch. Bam, I'm champion. Now I have a belt, too. I like that. Sucks for Asuka, though. Sucks for, <laughs> suck for Asuka, totally. But I like. I liked it. So, you know, what what are you going to do? I think Ronda gets beaten by Lynch through some way, and then you have either Money in the Bank or the next Evolution, which I think is coming up. I still think it's coming up after Mania. So Becky and Charlotte, Iron Woman, they can go the full hour and make history that way. But this is Becky Lynch's fucking night. And you don't get to take that from Becky Lynch. The end. So, what's the over-under on the four horsewomen posing at the end of the night? I I, I, I don't like it. In the sense Why would that... they need to? Like, Charlotte and Becky are feuding. What are well, they going to do? The... They can't do the four... Well, they can do the four horsewomen posing. But they can't do the thing that everyone was envisioning with them all holding titles. Because Charlotte Flair will lose her championship if she loses the match. Becky Lynch will be holding two titles and Charlotte Flair will be standing there with nothing. It's like a sense of, you can kind of make sense of it if it was the triple threat match and Charlotte was the SmackDown Women's Championship and it was only the Raw title on the line and Becky beat Ronda. And that means that Charlotte didn't like lose the match and she can still show some begrudging respect with Becky Lynch. But then now you see it had the four horsewomen posing and Becky, Bailey and Sasha could have their women's titles. Becky's holding both titles and Charlotte's just there standing. <laughs> Knowing that she's lost her title and she's still going to pose with. I know that's the thing they do and they don't seem to no, care about this. No, no, this. But... And I love Sasha. I love Bailey. But this is not about the four horsewomen, the women's evolution. This is about the fact that Becky Lynch is the hottest star that they have. And she deserves the moment at the end of the night. Period. Like. No. So here's here's my theory. And. I don't put a whole lot of faith in it, but uh, I think it's a possibility, so I want to put it out there just in case it happens. Um, Becky taps out Flair. Round around uh, Rousey. Roundabout Rousey. Uh, Ronda Rousey's like doing the whole thing where she's beaten down and she's kind of like crawling to try to stop and break it up and she isn't able to in time and Flair taps out and whatever. And that gives us the whole... Uh, Ronda Rousey never actually lost to Becky Lynch and, you know, whatever, but she still loses the title. She could still fuck off for a while and have a kid or whatever she wants to do. And there's a possibility that Becky is celebrating uh, Sasha and Bailey come out to celebrate with her and that they all kind of look at Flair as like, can you just put this aside and kind of uh, celebrate with us? And then Flair turns babyface and she hugs Becky. And holds her hand up, and that's how you end the night. With or without the idea of, and I don't think, I really don't think that this is going to happen, but extreme possible, uh, extreme little chance, Ronda Rousey has backup in Baszler 
Duke and Shafir and there's some kind of a stare off or something like that. But that's it's not going to happen. But I think that there's a good chance that we could get Flair turn babyface at the end and celebrate with Becky and and have that kind of thing. I think there's more chance. And again, this also pains me to say it in the fact that you might have all those women out there and do that stuff. But I think it's almost as likely that Stephanie McMahon comes out and raises Becky Howard. Oh, at the fuck end of the you. Thing. <laughs> Come on. I, just I wouldn't like... be surprised if Stephanie's the one standing there with both titles, like on a plinth, and she's the <laughs> one that hands the titles to both both titles, Becky Lynch, at the end of it, because she has to be involved in the moment somehow. I like I, I don't understand. Like Razor and Diesel didn't congratulate Sean. You know we don't do this thing where friends congratulate each other. Like just let Becky have the moment. The New Day can congratulate Kofi, but that's different. They were built up together as a unit, as a team, throughout this particular story. Becky, this is Becky's night. You know? God. I mean, Rob, Rob, <laughs> Rob, you're speaking in ideals, and I totally understand the opinion of that thing. I'm just trying to feed... But, we're trying to feed in a little bit of realism into this situation. But that, going back to what Tony said, this is WrestleMania. If there was any night to be idealistic it's wrestlemania give becky the moment give kofi the moment and everybody goes home happy and i think everybody will forgive anything else you do but give but you know what though that's uh, brock lesnar beat roman reigns i know and i'm like I'm, that makes me go they'll do fucking anything yeah, but, and yeah, it, but nobody, it doesn't matter nobody wanted either side to win in that regard so it's like they were they were would have been happier if both guys had just like been in scored fact, into the ring. <laughs> for Roman actually losing because they thought it was such a foregone conclusion that he won. But it's just kind of like No, this is this is Becky's night, guys. It should be. Yeah, Becky should win this match. But there's a possibility that Ronda Rousey signs an extra contract or something and they are like, you know what? She's the bigger deal in the grand scheme of things and she beats Flair and that's the end or something like they could fuck this up. They could very well fuck this up. I hate you all. (laughs) We're just being realistic. They could fuck this up and make the wrong decision. But like we keep saying that the two just the two things they need to do in this card is have Kofi win and have Becky win. And like Tony said, you need to obviously build on that sort of thing with actually just the rest of the card. You can't just have those two moments. But those are the two moments that are crucial cogs in this WrestleMania being a success. It's like, like obviously everything around it needs to be functioning well for the entire thing to be said. Oh, yeah, this was like a well-run, well-put-together WrestleMania. But without with one of those cogs missing, it's just a completely broken machine. It's like... but. The sort of the affiliations they put around it, like whether they have four horsewomen to celebrate, and or they have Stephanie McMahon do something involving the match, or they make too much of a spectacle of this thing and try and make it a lot bigger. It's still a huge moment. Don't get wrong, mm-hmm. first women's main event, but they try and build on it even further than they need to. But at the end of the day, if Becky wins, then it can kind of just all be forgiven, or at least just be seen as like a moment. And then you can kind of just move on past it. But ideally, it's just a case of like Becky's doing the big Daniel Bryan celebration at the end of the night. Absolutely. And then that's the way I do. Well, we're going to see. <laughs> it's a hell of a show. Uh, this is going to be an interesting show, regardless of what happens with really. 
at the end of the day, we're all going Becky Lynch winning, right? Yes. Absolutely. At the very least, we're hoping that they don't fuck this up. And we want to know what you guys have to say. So drop your comments below and tell us your thoughts on what's going to happen at WrestleMania 35 and what you think about our predictions and anything else you want to chime in on. Maybe you want to go on a whole diatribe about who should fight Kurt Angle. Maybe your biggest complaint is how are the clones not booked on here? I don't know. <laughs> you know it's, uh, could happen. And anything else that you want to talk about, just do that in the comments below, either on YouTube or on the page on smartcapmoment.com that we have this. We're on the page that actually has the predictions. There's lots of different ways for you to chime in. And uh, if you have not checked out our takeover predictions, go back and listen to that episode and get aware of the fact that we've got the post shows for both of these coming up after the shows. That's why they're post shows. That's kind of the name. Uh the best way to be aware of that is to subscribe on the YouTube channel and to ring the email alert bell, and then you will get the emails for those when they are posted. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment and subscribe to the RSS feed on SmartOutMoment itself. We've got plenty of other things happening on SmartOutMoment.com right now, including a Funko Pop giveaway, so enter that contest while you can. Vote on the Smart Madness tournament to determine what is the best foreign object of all time, and... As it stands right now, we are still currently in the final four, but by tomorrow, I'm going to switch that over to the finals for that. And it's either going to be, I'm not going to spoil what the results are right now, but according to the semifinals, it's either steel chair or ladder against table or triple H's sledgehammer in the final. So vote on that. And we've got the Patreon. If you want to throw some spare change our way to help keep the lights on and help motivate us to do even more specials and more, you know, uh, main event features and stuff in the future, there are the merchandise shops for T Public and Redbubble. And there's not only the Smartout Moment side of things for that, but there's also A Mango Tees and Fanboys Anonymous. So six different shops, a lot of the same uh, stuff between them, but sometimes they take it down on some. So browse both sides, you might find something different. We've got fanboysanonymous.com on my side of things that I will be taking care of things like a Shazam review tomorrow night. So stay tuned for that and follow the Facebook and Twitter and the YouTube for that. We've got tons of different ways for you guys to listen to us all over the internet on different iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify now and Google and essentially every possible platform that you can listen to a podcast. We are on it now, unless there's some kind of glitch in which these, God damn it. But, uh, you know, follow that around. And if you do follow us on any of those, give us a review, give us a, you know, five-star rating or something like that on iTunes. All that stuff helps out quite a bit. I've got e-wrestling news content. I've got bleach report content. I've got enough content that it's spilling out of every orifice and that's a horrible vision, but Hey, it's even worse for me. And <laughs> I don't know what else I'm forgetting, but I'm sure that you guys all know that by now. So hit that like, hit that favorite, and follow all the other stuff that's happening. Now follow what these guys have to do as well. Callum? You can find me on Twitter at Wigmeister14. Check out all the weekly stuff on Smokeout Moment, including this week's power rankings and triple threats and the Women's Wrestling Weekly, Battle of the Brands, call the Call the cold spot. That's a that's a <laughs> podcast section. My mom, <laughs> it's been it's been a long show. Cheap pops, cheap pops, yeah. And then yeah, just check all the stuff in the build up to WrestleMania, just to ch- have a lay of the landscape leading into it. And then if you want to go on a bit of a nostalgia trip before you watch the big show, you could check out our review of uh, WrestleMania X Seven as part of two thousand and one and Wrestling Odyssey. 
and all the other shows as well. The April one will be coming out sometime later this month, uh, provided we survive this shows. So, and Rob? for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dude Felice. You can check out Time Killer Apparel, which is my clothing line. You can check out the stuff that I've got going on with the wrestling news and just enjoy the weekend. Enjoy wrestling. I hope I'm not angry on Sunday night, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. I love you all. Tony tolerates you. Callum has no idea why I'm saying this. And Tony, take it away. So one last thing for me to talk about is if you are not on our Facebook group, the Mega Maniacs, facebook.com slash group slash the Mega Maniacs, that is where we do our live discussions of pay-per-views and everything. And this, at any point of the year, we do these, of course, for every single Monday Night Raw, every single SmackDown, and all the pay-per-views. But if you have not joined in that group, do that now, and you'll be able to converse with us not only during TakeOver, but also during the Hall of Fame and during WrestleMania itself. Uh, so that's, that's, another, a fun... that's another thing. After the Hall of Fame, Callum and I will be reviewing... Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling's G1 Supercard, live from Madison Square Garden. So, stay tuned for that. And by that we mean we're not in Madison Square Garden. We're not in Madison, Madison Square, Square Garden. <laughs> we're so sorry. They're live, we're not. Alrighty, guys. Lots of stuff coming your way, so just start following all that stuff, and, you know, we will see you when we see you. But for now, this has been another Smart Out Moment, and we're being counted out.